This is entrapment. Actually, it's called blackmail. James Bond's podcast, biggest episode ever, or at least most anticipated. The, the the episode we're so excited about, we can't get our words out. The most anticipated episode in the history of Double Seven because it is the longest delay in an episode ever for Double Seven. That's right, we're finally here to talk about entrapment and oh, this just in. No, no, we're gonna do rankings instead. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm calling it. I, I, I'm the boss. I'm the host this week. And I'm saying we're finally doing entrapment. Noah, get off the line. Rankings can wait. We're here to do entrapment with Sean Connery because we promised it about six years ago. And now we're finally going to talk about it. Uh, my name is Colin. I'm a six, but I'd look really nice in a four. <laughs> and my name is Ben. And keep it taut. Keep it taut. 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 Yeah, I thought to myself, I'm like, other than the, no, it's called the entrapment line. I'm like, are there any lines in this movie? And then I realized everything said by Sean Connery becomes a quote in this movie. <laughs> I, I literally think this is the most Scottish I have ever heard Sean Connery ever. Like, <laughs> I, I've seen him in plenty of things, but I don't know if he tones up the Scottish in this movie. Like, because he, he's like, Catherine, you're from Wales. Fuck Wales. <laughs> Scotland's better. I'm going to sound extra Scottish. Taught, keep it taught. Um. Yeah. I. I Freedom. Enya. Um. <laughs> it's almost like Muffy, but it's like Enya. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. I'm. I'm glad that Noah isn't available tonight because I'm getting sick of ranking secondary things. Noah. It's always about him, isn't it? When he's available, you know, it's like, oh, I'm available. This is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. What is it, Noah? That's oh, pretty gay. It is, and I'm glad that we've got rid of him because we're here to talk about this. <laughs> Uh, I you mean, tricked the, me. Entrapment. Yeah, I didn't have any sound effects for that, but I just wanted to play that to get it over and done with for the first time at least. Uh, this is the start of round two of our films of James Bond actors doing other things that are not James Bond, but basically we're picking movies that are like James Bond. Uh, and here we have The Battle of the Bonds Part 2, because even though I saw both these movies when they first came out, even though I have seen both these movies since, uh, I 
never quite realized that this is the plot of the Thomas Crown Affair, almost exactly. <laughs> and both movies came out the exact same year. Uh, both movies starred former James Bond and current James Bond, and apparently even used the same location in one shot of this movie or one scene of this movie, which I didn't realize. Uh, and nobody has connected the dots until now, until us. Let's just say we're the first ones to do this. I'm sure other people connected the dots, but with such a groundbreaking I never, podcast. I never connected the dots. Uh, and uh, I guess the biggest difference is one stars the greatest leading lady in the history of movies. Shirley and then Dassey. this one has oh, Shirley. Yes, Dassey. Shirley. <laughs> oh, she's in this. He's on the board already. He's straight away. He's just like Shirley Bassey. Okay. Thanks, Pierce. <laughs> but uh, while Thomas Crown had Shirley Bassey, this one has Catherine Zeta-Jones, which I don't have a problem with her, but she's no Renee Russo. Let's be honest, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be hard to fight him off. I love me my Renee, but Catherine, <laughs> I mean, oof, I don't know. Um, I also realized that this is the only one of our next round that I've ever seen. I think that I think last round I'd only ever seen Beautician and the Beast. I don't think I'd seen any of the other ones. So uh, maybe I'm only the the dumb one who only ever watches Bonds when he wants to. But obviously we did the Thomas Crown <laughs> show on the Oz Network, so you know that worked. Yeah, but- well, I'm gonna correct you. You're the smart one because you're the one of the three of us that did not see Zardoz until you were forced right, to. Right. Thank you. Yes, that's very true. Well, no, I don't think he's seen it because no, it just does things that are normal apparently. But um. Yeah, I saw this at some point. Can I remember when I did? I don't. Um, but I liked this movie and I remember it was always on TV because they always played the same trailer, which was simply like, that's called Entrapment. Actually, it's called Blackmail. And then you would always see the scene of Catherine Zeta-Jones going, <laughs> like on the Patronus Towers. That was literally the only thing they ever showed. Like, Entrapment, this Sunday on 9. Um... And I'm pretty sure I watched this a couple of years ago. I want to say it was when I was still in Hobart and I remember watching it in this very room. So, yippee. And that's my history with this movie. I don't know if that's what you asked me. Yeah. I don't even know if there was a point to anything that's... there. But I just went on a rant because I apparently can never have control to somebody else. You're welcome. Uh, that's literally my history with this movie. I remember seeing it when it first came out. Um and much like the Thomas Crown Affair, I mean, pe- people probably wonder why we're not talking about the Thomas Crown Affair on this show, but that's partly because we covered it on our other show, The Oz Network. So you can go and listen to our Rene Russo month where we talk about the Thomas Crown Affair, uh, or you can listen to us do Entrapment because you've been waiting six years for it. Uh, but uh, this movie, uh, like the Thomas Crown Affair, I remember being excited about because it was a James Bond doing a, you know, I guess a thief version of James Bond. And when I saw both movies, I was like, well, that was underwhelming. And I wasn't like disliking it, but wasn't thrilled with it. And then both movies, several years later, I watched a second time and both movies, I thought, wow, that was better than I expected. Uh, And then I watched each movie before we covered it for a podcast. So, I mean, that's my history. Uh, Seen it a couple times. And I, I definitely think that there's some issues with this movie particularly when you get closer to the end but it's a lot it's like the last time i viewed it where i'm like oh that was better than i expected I'm like it's it's way more enjoyable than i thought um and then i originally remembered it be it was just one of these movies where maybe because it is so much a 90s movie you'd seen so many movies like this before i mean thomas crown you're gonna see it a couple months after this came out uh, that it just didn't feel like anything original maybe it's because we're missing sean now you know it's been so long and to be honest, it was only a couple of years after this that he retired from movies, and this was 
I guess his second last action movie ever. So, you know, in the nineties, this was just another Sean Connery movie. Whereas now you look back and like, Oh, it's one of the last ones he did. So maybe there's a bit of a nostalgia for this movie, but uh, I think it holds up fairly well. Yeah. I, I like how you said it's a, it's a very nineties movie because it is a very nineties movie. And it do, I think it holds up. I mean, some of the special effects don't, but I'm not special effects. The technology I should say doesn't really mm. hold up, but I mean, it's, Every movie that you watch from a different period doesn't. In 20 years' time, we're going to look at technology from 2022 and it doesn't hold up. So that's just how it generally works. I think the thing that I find with this, and like obviously I enjoyed the Thomas Crown Affair, but if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't really remember it. How many years ago was that? A lot has happened since we've watched that movie, so I don't remember the ins and outs of that movie. No pun intended with the sex scene, not the fighting scene. But I, I think with this one... I don't know like if I'm just dumb, but there's it definitely got a bit confusing because I'm kind of like, wait, so she's not good, but she's yeah. – so she did steal – I'm like, huh? Um, so there's definitely elements which I feel don't really get explained. And at the time of recording this, we just did Men in Black 2 for the Oz Network, and I mentioned how that feels like it goes by very quickly and it's rushed. I don't think it's quite the same here because they sort of slow the pace down and bring it back and forth a little bit, but it's just – I feel they just leave a lot of things dangling and all of a sudden, oh, Ving Rhames is with the FBI. Okay. Um, Will Patton's in this movie. There he is. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just dumb. But I will say I've been to a lot of where this movie is filmed. I have been to Kuala Lumpur. I have been in the Patronus Towers. I have been to that train station that they meet at the end. So I have been to a lot of this, this movie. I am the multicultural one on this episode. Colin, I think he went to Saskatchewan hey. once. Yeah, has he ever been to rural Saskatchewan? Because I've Saskatchewan. driven through there at least once in my life. Very, uh, very that, often that was, compared to Malaysia, rural Saskatchewan, often confused. They were saving it for the sequel, and it just never happened, sadly. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I'm going to be careful my words because I don't want this to become a sound clip. Um, I agree with you that there are confusing parts about this. I wasn't going to say... You're not dumb because you are, uh, but in this case, <laughs> are you that as in this case? case? In what in what case? What do you think of Tiffany Case? Tiffany Case is probably one of the strongest Bond girls. Sorry, I just hear things, so, and I've got to just clarify. Yeah, you you were just hearing things that never happened. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the 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 where I was going with that was something before Tiffany Case. Uh, the, 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 you didn't want to make a sound <laughs> clip saying that I wasn't dumb and that That's you agreed right. with me. I've got enough I'm sound clips of you saying so you agree cautious. with me, so it's fine. Uh, well, it was more so I didn't want a sound clip of me saying you're you saying dumb because you are dumb. <laughs> I had to say it really quick because you're dumb. Um, edit around that, Waterworth. Uh, but but anyways. It's uh, it is kind of a confusing movie. I think the reason for that is that the first bit of trivia I could just get out of the way here is this movie was originally supposed to be directed by Antoine Fuqua, who would, uh, Fuqua. has gone on Fuqua, Fuqua, uh, but he has since gone on to become much bigger deal. He did like the Equalizer movie with uh, Denzel Washington. He did Training Day with Denzel. Um, so he did Denzel, Denzel a lot. He did, you know. He did Denzel, yes. Oof. He did him hard and often. Can we just take um, a moment uh, to think about doing it with Denzel? Was that the name of the ep- early ne- early contender for the episode? Uh, doing it, do it with Denzel. With Denzel. <laughs> He'd be a gentle lover, Denzel. He wouldn't be like aggressive and hurt oh, you. Yeah. He would passionately take you to orgasm. That's all I could say. Doing it with Denzel, yes. Yeah, we, we know that Antoine Fuqua is definitely not gentle and passionate. Uh, which is why it never worked out between them. And he was fired from this movie. Uh, but when Antoine Fuqua was uh, attached to this movie, the original, I, not just based on Antoine Fuqua, but based on the 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 script, I guess, 
the movie's budget was like something like $130 million. And basically the studio said, we're never going to do that. And Sean Connery I will do it for half the amount. <laughs> Just watch me. To Give back. me some cash. I'm poor. <laughs> I need to spend more money. <laughs> but like Connery just being a thrifty man uh, and a producer on this I'm movie decided. I love like, thrifty he shit. He literally could have negotiated and said, fine, we'll do it for 95. But instead, he's like, I'll do it for half there, man. I'll do it with Denzel. Uh, just just for you. Do, I've heard doing Denzel is the best way to Give go. Give me $20 million in a night with Denzel. <laughs> right now on the table. Get that man in here. We'll bang Oscars. If, am I crazy in saying I want to watch that movie? Oh, no, you're not, Colin. I know. Doing absolutely it with Denzel. Not. Doing it with That's Denzel. Like, Oof. That's on the network with Tanner on the Thames and Judy Dent slaps people. That's a tonight's primetime movie. Doing it with Denzel. Sorry, Sean Connery. <laughs> well, I, is he wearing, am I wearing blackface? Um, am I playing Denzel or am I doing Denzel? What am I doing? Who is this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Connery just decided to slash the budget himself even more than it was originally supposed to because he decided little things like I'm going to fly not privately. I'm going to fly with the regular folk. I'm going to. Oh, what a man. Dr- commute in my own car. I'll fly and Delta. <laughs> Buy me a ticket on Delta. I want a window have, seat. Like, do you have like the, uh, the Australian? I'm sure you do. But what was like the Australian cheapest, cheapest airline? Oh, Here it's Flair Airlines, which is jet, what I always fly because I'm cheap. Jetstar now. We used to back in the glory days have Tiger, who everybody hated Tiger. But I love Tiger. I could fly return to Melbourne for 50 bucks. Sure, you had to show up like 15 minutes earlier than other airlines and basically like put your arms out the plane and fly. But like, I mean, it was it was cheap. Jetstar, they're bullshit. Like, I, ugh, I, no, thank you. I have to fly them sometimes yeah. because they're cheap. But I mean, that's, that's Qantas's, like, I like Qantas, but not Qantas's cheap airline. Like, spend the money and fly. Fly Qantas, the flying kangaroo. <laughs> and we know Connery was either flying Tiger or Flair Airlines throughout this movie. Because What's he about Spirit? Really brought them with them. <laughs> Spirit. But he, he, Ryan he also, Air. I guess, I don't even know what you're saying. Ryan Air is like the European shitty one that everyone bags out. And Spirit. Oh, okay. Spirit's like the dodgy American one that you fly if you're a poor. It's like the Arby's of airlines. It's the it's the 007 of James Bond podcasts. It's the, you know, it's like it's that's how you can compare it to, basically, yes. I just I love this story though. Just sorry to get interrupted, but just I just I just like Sean Connery going like for me to cut budget, I'll fly economy. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Sean. What a man. Without this move, without Sean flying on, like, seat 27F on a Delta flight to New York, this movie never would have been released. Oh, what a man. I, I just want, like, Ving Rhames at the catering tables. Like, What's going on? Why is there spam here, Connery? <laughs> it's how we keep the budget down. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones is, meanwhile, just holed up somewhere with Michael Douglas. And he's just basically, yeah. <laughs> I can't do a Welsh accent. Like, oh, I'm Welsh. Uh, that's like Irish. <laughs> that's, that's how she hooked up with Michael Douglas. It's like, we're all going to be rooming with other celebrities. I'm doing Denzel. You have to do Michael Douglas. <laughs> She's like, okay. Um, did, didn't he get like mouth cancer from going down on her too much? That's what I, he claimed that. And people were like, I don't think there's any science behind that, but way to blame. I'm, oral more, con- sex I'm, on more, your I'm more concerned about what's going on down there with Catherine. Like, I mean, well, like, like if she's getting cancer Connery's- from eating a, you know, bits, then. 
That's why Connery decided he was doing Denzel and not doing Zeta Jones. In this movie, he's so like anti-kissing Catherine. No, you've got yeah, exactly. You've got vagina oh, cancer. Dis- I'll catch it in my mouth. He just dis- we discovered it. That's what the rules there for. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't want cancer. I don't want vagina mouth cancer. Just no <laughs> lip to lip transition. No, go away. I'm doing Denzel. Join Denzel instead. <laughs> Oh um, God! I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna look up their yeah. Kevin Bacon number. I'm sure Denzel and Sean have done a movie together, haven't they? Have Have they done Kevin Bacon together? Oh, Denzel well, and don't Sean get me. I'm gonna have to leave and relieve myself. You keep saying dirty <laughs> things like that. Come on, sorry, Colin. I'll shut uh, up. I'm gonna look up their number. So the movie. Uh, yes, uh, they also basically ditched a lot of the action sequences and. If you look up some of the trivia, the movie had a more elaborate plot, but I honestly believe that part in this movie, maybe not having everything make as much sense as it should is because they cut all the scenes that would have explained more, uh, which you can read some of the deleted scenes, some of the deleted scenes of the script that actually included Roger Moore as well, where they're doing Roger Moore. Um, But yes, Entrapment, it, had his budget slashed and they slashed a lot of the story with it. And that's why Ben's in this case, not as dumb as we think he is. Great answer. Um, Denzel and Sean have a a two degree separation. So Denzel Washington was in the mighty Quinn coming soon to the Oz network, which was (laughs) featured James, which featured James Fox and James Fox was in a movie with Sean Connery called the Russia house. Because we know Sean oh. Connery's great Russian accent, so well that was uh, that was one of the other movies I proposed because it's technically a spy espionage movie that he made. I've I've never seen it, but uh, maybe we'll Russia, be talking about the Russia House. Russia House, that's me. I'm in the Russian House. Yes. Welcome to James Fox Month, as we're talking the <laughs> I, Russia House and the Mighty Quinn. Can I just say one thing that I'm really really glad for our Sean Connery movie of Round Two is that he's not in a wedding dress, a thong. <laughs> he's not being forced to get an erection. He's not masturbating. He's not turning into a skeleton. There's not a giant head with guns in it. There's no penises that are yeah. evil. It's vaginas are evil in this one because they've got the mouth cancer. But I just <laughs> I appreciate that we've got a good Sean Connery movie this time around, Colin. So thank you very much for, uh, for agreeing to do this one. Round of applause for a good Sean Connery movie for round two of this thing we're doing on Double Oz 7. Yeah, I mean, all those things were in the script, but he just, I'm cutting the wedding dress. No. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. I fly Delta. No wedding dress. Delta. <laughs> but you know, what's all the more frustrating, though, uh, the fact that, you know, yes, we had Zardoz with all that garbage and we got this movie, is that this is the controversial one because he was too old for Catherine Zeta-Jones. And uh, let's just say this is kind of the, the movie that broke, uh, I, I guess, the whole older men, younger woman, uh, Hollywood formula. Uh, but it's not, I really don't think entrapment is the big issue with that because the movies that preceded this, I mean, you had Harrison Ford with Anne Hayes, you know, they was, it was a very common thing with, uh, all these movies, uh, that came before it. And entrapment, if you watch this movie, like is there's barely a love story in this movie. Yeah. So, so what was there to be people offended with? But yeah, this was the time it's like, you know, all of the, uh, um, the, the movies in the early 2000s where it was just cities getting destroyed, cities getting destroyed, cities getting destroyed. And then Man of Steel comes out and people are like, we're tired of cities being destroyed. We're going to blame you, DC. And it's like the Avengers literally just did the same thing. Every Transformers movie does the same thing, but it suddenly becomes Man of Steel's problem, even though 
a million movies happened before it that probably did it worse. And that's kind of the way I feel about Entrapment. Like, this is the most innocent older man with a younger woman you'll probably ever find of that whole era and genre that Hollywood had. And I think the thing is, with so many of these films, it's... Like, they have great chemistry in this movie, but you're right, there's not really a love story. I mean, I love Six Days, Seven Nights, and mm-hmm. Harrison Ford just looks young. He doesn't look that much older than Anne Hayes. Tommy Lee yeah. Jones, a bit older than Anne Hayes in Volcano, but they don't get together in that movie. Like, everybody just, yeah. they don't hook up. I think I think it's meant to be implied in that movie that Anne Hayes is a lesbian. Like, I think it's meant to be. D- She's we debated the, that, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's a thing that was, who was the celebrity recently? I know Leonardo DiCaprio, it's always him, but there was another couple that came out recently and somebody was like 20 and somebody was like 50 and like i don't know like you're just gonna bag me up for saying this but i'm not one of these people who's like look at the end of the day like if you know they people fall in love with certain ages it happens i I married someone nine years younger than me you're married to someone like nine years younger than you eight years like i mean yeah on paper it's like oh okay they're so much older but I don't know about you, but at least for the majority of my relationship, like you just forget about the age. It's just a thing yeah. that somebody brings up. So, yeah, look, I get it. Some people are grossed out by a big age gap. That's fine. That's for them to decide. I personally, stuff like this doesn't bother me because so what? Well, you know? the, one of the reasons it doesn't bother me is because this is Sean Connery. Yeah. And, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, but I I just felt watching this movie, I'm like, if anybody's going to get away with this, it's Sean Connery. Because I guarantee if I ask Jamie right now, like, would you rather Sean Connery in this movie at the age of 70 or Daniel Craig, who she loves, uh, at the age of 35 or whatever in the Casino Royale, she's going to say Sean Connery. Yeah. I I doubt the the women were, the women who were complaining about this were probably looking for, it's all of you women's fault. My point is that she is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he is all you woman's fault. You woman. You uh, woman. A he woman. is the epitome of the older man that every younger woman wants. So yeah. that's why I say, had you not had all those other movies before this, which again, when you have Harrison Ford and Anne Hage, I mean, I don't think many 30 year old women were going to be complaining if they had a chance with Harrison Ford. I do think it's double standard though, that we don't really get it the other way around. Although we did have that Emma Thompson well, movie recently, didn't we, where she was like hooking up with somebody. But I mean, I know a few years after this, we had the big thing around Charlie's Angels Full Throttles with Demi Moore that she sort of was like, mm-hmm. what, in her 50s, I think at the time, 40s or 50s, and here she was in this bikini. 25, yeah. Hanging out with Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu and kind of comparable then. And she was like doing Ashton Kutcher at the time. Mm-hmm. And so like it, it sort of became a thing. But like I will say the difference and you know I'm not one to play this type of card, but, like, generally it comes down to the fact that these women of a certain age have had a certain amount of work done to look a certain age. Like, you don't see the gracefully aged woman, do you, with a younger man. Uh, That's then sort of frowned upon, whereas, like, Sean Connery's aged very gracefully, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Harrison Ford, and that's okay. So I think it's a bit double stands. I want to see the the flip around this. I want to see the Cougars in the Young Men movie. Where's, like, Meryl Streep hooking up with... I don't know, Ryan Felipe. He was big at this time, wasn't well, he? I mean, we 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 technically had that with uh I guess it was on both sides, but something's gotta give a couple of years after this with Jack mm. Nicholson and uh Diane Keaton, where Diane Keaton was sleeping with Keanu Reeves and Who people though? applauded that movie. Uh, which one? Diane Keaton's your Canaries. Take your pick. But um <laughs> was it um which in hindsight is a bit creepy. Um was it stuck on you where Sher's sleeping with Frankie Muniz? Um, 
Oh, I do not remember that. I'm pretty, stuck on you. I'm pretty sure it's stuck on you because is it? It's Matt Damon. Matt Damon. He wants to be the big Hollywood star, and he's like in the movie with Cher, and then like you find out that she's like into younger men, and yeah, she's banging. I'm pretty sure it's stuck on you. Good movie. So I'm uh, I'm looking through. I'm trying to find like okay, this was such a big deal in the '90s. How many movies was it where this was a big deal? Uh, most of the movies that are on this list here are like, okay, there's not that much of an age gap between Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock and While You Were Sleeping. There is not that much of an age gap in uh, Casino for Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone. But yeah, some of the other ones here, uh, I don't know why Best Friends Wedding's on here. As Good As It Gets had come out. Oh, that Richard was Jack Gere and Julia Roberts, I guess, is a bit of a... Yeah, that's another one that's brought up here. Um, uh, obviously six, eight, seven nights is on the list, uh, in the line of fire, Renee Russo and Clint Eastwood. I don't remember if there's a love story in that movie. Um, uh, I think here's another one in decent proposal, Robert Redford and Demi Moore. That one's a little bit different. That is a guy trying to pay somebody for his wife and a perfect murder here. Michael Douglas and, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Just- so it, 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 there were, I think just too many, it's not like in comparison to other time periods in movies, it's just, you had, a good handful of them over the course of a year and a half. And that's what rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, but entrapment's like further down on this list. So I, I don't think as many people are offended about it now. Yeah. I, it's, it's an odd thing. It's kind of, it's odd when you have these trends in Hollywood, right. That sort of happen. And like, what was the first one that kind of broke it? it was like, Oh, this is a old man and young women. Let's do it. Like it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's harmless. It's whatever. But, and again, like the majority of these, like, I mean, of the ones we're talking about that I've seen, again, it's only really six days, seven nights where they hook up. And if I've got a problem in that movie, it's just everyone's cheating on everybody. Like they're all assholes <laughs> to each other. That's yeah. the problem. Um, so yeah, like again, this one, they don't really hook up. They kiss a bit. Um, and like at the end of the day too, so what? Catherine Zeta-Jones is obviously into older man. She's still more than 20 yeah. years after this movie with freaking Michael Douglas. And I'm, <laughs> isn't there a bigger age gap between Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery and Catherine? I don't know. But, like, people have types. But, Catherine's but an older man. And they're the, one of the I, longest lasting couples in Hollywood. Good for them. Cancer and all. I, I think that uh, I think that it's just it's gotten easier because um, I was trying to think, you know, there are female equivalents to this. And one of the first ones I thought about was, um, uh, and I don't even know if they were, hooking up in the movie itself but there was that movie sandra bullock made with uh ryan gosling years ago when he was like 25 and she was like you know almost 40 or something and they became a couple in real life but uh we just watched and it's not a great movie i wouldn't really recommend it but the the, the new sandra bullock movie with uh, channing tatum the lost city oh yeah yeah 100 a love story in that movie and it's never a question they don't even address in the movie this is a 50 year old woman and a guy who's like 35 but that's that's where i have double standards too with the fact that no one's crying foul about that nowadays when is whenever like there was that big thing a few years ago where they were literally like stop cursing tom cruise against like 25 year olds when he's like 50 <laughs> well again the guy doesn't look 50 so there's a reason yeah, behind exactly. it so why aren't you complaining that you're casting sandra bullock against you know whoever you said channing tatum like it's it's whatever we're here to talk about entrapment. Entrapment. Um, it's called blackmail. I'd, I'd love. I actually want them to just change the title of this movie. Entrapment underneath in brackets. Actually, it's called blackmail. Yeah. That could have been the tagline on the poster or something. Yeah. Um, or when you go to buy a ticket to this at like the cinemas, can I have two tickets to entrapment? Actually, it's called blackmail. <laughs> when you were working there, that could have been your response. 
I think it was a, a few years, about four years earlier that this was released, sadly. So uh, I was they, they wouldn't hire you. You were too young. It was ageism, it, ageism. in theater workers. Yeah, child slavery, right? Children. Some children want to work at 12. All right, change the laws. Uh, now, I'm going to warn people. The first half hour of this movie, I watched three, four weeks ago when we were originally supposed to cover it. Uh, and I wrote notes, pretty detailed, and I've already forgotten what half of the notes here I wrote was. So... I'll get a little bit more folks as we go along. Do you want me but, to help uh, you out? I can. I you, you, what, well, well I'll, if, if fill in my gaps here. Well, I'll fill it, I'll just there. let me fill in one gap quickly. I love filling in your gaps, Colin. It's a, it's a big thing for me. I'd rather be doing Denzel. Um, all wouldn't? right. So this movie also timely comes out in 1999 and it's a play on the millennium. And uh, I, that, that really wasn't as big of a deal. I mean, it was a big deal, the biggest deal in real life, but you would have thought more movies would try to do this, like the whole millennium thing. And this is like not really millennium bug, but like it still has that element to it at the end of the movie. I but thought there was a few, keep- like, I mean, well, it was enough sort of, they have that joke at the end, but um, I like, I know there was a Simpsons, the Treehouse of horror that year did a thing. Um, I feel there's more than we're thinking of. Well, but, but what I mean is it wasn't something that like everybody was promoting and it's like, it's the end of the, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the millennium. You had the odd movie. This movie comes out in 99 and this might be one of the, I guess, as far as major movies goes, one of the only ones that really even slightly addresses the whole Y2K thing in it. Although it's coming from a different approach, but I don't know, maybe I'll Google movies that deal with Y2K and uh, we'll see. But, um, but this movie keeps reminding us how long it is until the millennium uh, and we get the 90s across the screen. Uh, we have a million locations at the beginning of this movie. It starts in New York for some reason. Uh, I, I don't know if, if is it in New York here where we get the, the first heist, uh, yeah. the masked person jumping off the building, breaking into an office, stealing a painting. Uh, James Bond reference. What was there, James Bond the, reference? The code I didn't know that. when this person. Oh gone, yeah, you see one double oh seven. That's the code yeah. that. You and see. I missed that. I missed that when I was watching the movie, but I read that trivia afterwards, and I was going to ask if you caught it. So I yes, did. I wrote it have, down. We have a bot, and I'm amazed Sean Connery, as a producer of this movie, let that in. I will not give any more time to that series. <laughs> he probably saw it in post production, walked out of the actual. Uh, the, the, oh, fuck yeah. this movie! I do not well, have reference to Bond. Went. They, 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 they originally did have $130 million in the budget. And when he saw a Bond reference, I'm cutting $70 million from your budget for that. Uh, would that be um, $070 million, Sean? Fuck off, you bastard. <laughs> Let me be. I was in uh, Finding Forrester, you bastard. Not all just James Bond. I wore a wedding dress as Zardot, okay? <laughs> I've earned the right to. I was in the League of Extraordinary. I'm an extraordinary gentleman, all right? I work with James Fox in the Russia house. <laughs> I have a don't get bigger than solid him. Russian accent. You heard it? In that movie, The Submarine. For an October. <laughs> I'll take S words for 200, Alex. <laughs> Oh, I can never stop watching those. They are so funny. I'll take the rapist for 400. <laughs> uh, when are we, when are we, is that a special episode we're just going to do? Um, Sean oh, Connery on Celebrity Jeopardy. When I was watching this last night, I was uh, watch, I was quoting those lines as, oh, is that the one with Sean Connery? I'm like, I'll take the Ashwards. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to remember all the other ones. Though I don't even remember if this is a Connery one, but 
probably the, the funniest thing I ever saw in one of the celebrity jeopardies was uh, when they were revealing like their, their answer, or their, I guess the question at the end. And it's like, and it might've been Sean Connor. Let's just say Sean Connor for the sake of it's like, and what was your answer? It was a drawing of one half of your hand. And what did you wager? The other half of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a whole bunch of them uh, not that long ago. And uh, some of the impersonations, like David Duchovny is Jeff Goldblum. That's pretty good. Um, some of the other See, ones. Ben Stiller is Tom Cruise. Yeah, I saw that one. Isn't that like why um, he got him in Tropic Thunder? Because he And he did that impersonation yeah. one of the MTV Movie Awards one time as well. Yeah, um, he, the, the Mission Impossible one, yeah. Uh, and I think it was at... Um, Oh, um, why have I gone blank on his name? Um, oh, Night at the Roxbury, Corky Romano, Chris Catan. Chris oh, Catan, uh, yeah. I think, did he do French Stewart or somebody did French Stewart? No, was it, <laughs> I was like Jimmy Fallon did a lot of them too. Funny, watch them. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's Saturday Night Live doing Celebrity Jeopardy and there's that guy who always does Sean Connery. It's hilarious. Yeah, Daryl Hammond's like, I think the, the the one who is always there is Sean Connery. They did Sean Connery once and like, we're never not doing it And Will, Will Ferrell as Alec Trebek's pretty funny as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the S words, there we go. Uh, <laughs> back to the movie. Um, somebody is spying during this, this heist here. Now the movie doesn't really, like if I remember this right, you're assuming that this is Connor, but they don't show who's actually pulling off this first heist because that's one of the twists later in the movie, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I'm assuming <laughs> this is actually meant to be Catherine Zeta-Jones because in the whole section yeah. where she's like, I took the painting, I put it down the sh- the, the, the chute. Like, I, like, this is where I was getting confused. Like, is she just saying that and then he's going to play her by because he really did it? Yeah, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is meant so- to be her. I think, yeah, the audience is meant to believe it's Connery and you see somebody spying. And then, of course, the very next scene is basically Catherine Zeta-Jones working for an insurance company with Will Patton, which Will Patton's playing Dennis Leary, Dennis Leary's Dennis role Leary. Uh, from the Thomas Crown Affair. And um, you're you're now supposed to be, because we just saw that heist and because we see her and she's investigating that he was the one and she was the one spying on him. And then you find out, no, it's a bunch of uh, other people it was other people. It wasn't them. It was other people. Um, I wrote a line here. Turn that stinking music down. Now, please tell me Connery says that in this movie. No, it's the um, it's the guy in Malaysia who's like uh, always shirtless with his man boobs out. Who's basically going oh. like, turn that stinking music down to the kids. Oh, because so. if it was, I was hoping this was Connery. It was like, this brothers listen to Beatles without turn, earmuffs. Turn that stinking music down. No, it's sadly not. Give me some Shirley Bassey. <laughs> Oh, shit. Hang on. Who is it? Who should we listen to? Shirley Bassey. I agree. Yes, yes. I agree. Yes. Uh, is that the only Brosnan clip you have on there? Do you have the the ding? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, what, what's, what was no, that? The... What was that? Was that ding? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Pierce, do you, would, are you enjoying being here today? I don't want to have to do this ever again. Really. Okay. That's what do, Noah said. Do you want to ch- check into our audience as well, Pierce? You still there? Are you awake? Wake up. Okay. So, Good. I'm so glad you have all of them. Oh. And you know what Pierce um, gets for that? You also get a can of slam. That's exactly what you get. I like cats. I don't like people who don't. Thanks for chiming in, Roger. <laughs> I wish we did a video episode of this. People could have seen Ben like, I didn't mean to press that. Uh, Just don't mention gluten. Right. Uh, 
I'm not doing fast oh, again. No, 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 no. We went way, we went three and a half hours on Men in Black 2 because half the episode was listening to fart effects. Uh, well, we can go three and a half so, hours by listening to this. So fun. uh, you know you never would have put that in what was it 100 times in an episode had we had to listen we wouldn't have stayed in the line that long at the very don't challenge me colin uh because at least with that one uh took me a lot of time to edit this time around i can just (laughs) press it and press it and press it's all done in post so you know don't tempt me don't challenge me don't tempt me i will walk out you piss me enough on one of these hilding and you will get that 101 times i'm telling you now people people have waited for entrapment for this long, and I will walk out if I have to listen to that song a hundred times. Never had anyone walk out of an episode before, so, you know, <laughs> got to be a first somewhere. I just realized I should have said I'll walk out if I hear it one more time, and I said Okay, good. Uh, Go on. <laughs> yeah, Man of False Promises. Yeah, I see how it is. Uh, now, I actually caught this and then realized there's even more trivia that I didn't pick up on. Uh, but when they're showing like Sean Connery's file on the screen here, it basically runs down James Bond's resume. And oh, that's why that. when everybody talks about The Rock being like, you could actually fit this in and say it is a sequel to Diamonds Are Forever. I'm going to say the same thing for the Thomas Crown Affair. So on his file, it says he's born in 1937. So if you add up the ages, that would have made him, what, 25 in Dr. No, maybe a little young, but the right age it's got his age it's got his weight it has i love this one hair brown and then graying um graying (laughs) did he have any brown left in this movie uh it says his parents were both deceased uh he's from scotland uh he was widowed another james bond one there and but they also have something in here about him knowing five languages there's a bunch of asian languages and apparently there's trivia that james bond studied Asian languages. Uh, do you remember that from the movies? Is that in the books? Is it uh, an authorized by Yeah, isn't it in You Only Live Twice and he mentions he, he knows Japanese? Like, I'm pretty sure it's mentioned that he does. Well, but apparently it's like he he actually studied. There's there's trivia where he studied Asian languages or languages of the Colin, Orient. I've read like five of the books, six of the books. I'm not that <laughs> far, all right? Come on. Noah would be able to confirm because he read the biography. Uh, but is that yeah, right, there, is that right a, Noah? That's oh, pretty gay. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, not really on topic, but no, I agree. Uh, now, yeah, there is a lot of James Bond stuff in here that guarantees Sean Connery only realized it after the fact. It's like, I'm cutting $30,000 from your salary, director. Um, you are, you're not so, flying Delta anymore. You're flying Jet Blue. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just thought that was fun reading that. Uh, and I have another line here. Nothing gets you over the last one like the next one. Uh, I guess yeah. that's about them planning another heist. No, I think like there's this weird little thing that Will Patton's basically implying that she's getting over uh, an ex or something like that. So Will Patton's flirting with her and it's all like, oh, nothing gets you oh, over the yeah. last one. Like, you know, like it's just, oh, hey, let's have mild sexual harassment in the office because Will <laughs> Patton's mildly attractive and so is Catherine Zeta-Jones, but she's actually into grey-testicled men. So, you know. Yeah, he's way too young for her. Yeah. Um, we We cut to London. And uh, there's, I guess, an, another thing. There's Sean Connery basically robs Catherine Zeta-Jones' hotel. Uh, <laughs> all of her clothes are missing. And she goes to bed and uh, tell me, Catherine, do you still sleep with a gun under your pillow? It <laughs> <laughs> was a fun thing that I picked up on there. Um, she had a really good um, Paris Carver. 
She would have. She would have. Oh, she would have been a great well. Paris Carver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she would have been too young though for Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan likes his women older, Does. which is true because he casts uh, Rene Russo in Thomas Crown Affair and Madonna. Uh, and yeah, he definitely likes some older <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. When he cast Madonna, he was thinking like, I want to be the cast of Zeta Jones to Sean Connery. <laughs> Where can you find me a woman the age of Sean Connery? Madonna, you're in. Uh, That's ages now, this- calling for that. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Moving uh, on. We uh, we get Catherine Zeta Jones. She sleeps naked, uh, which apparently trivia here is true. She was actually naked. <laughs> yeah, this was this was she was on set naked underneath the covers here, and Sean Connery's just watching her in the chair, giving everyone uh, cancer. That they wash those <laughs> <Yeah>. sheets. <laughs> uh, I love that she doesn't bother to cover up here. Uh, would you in front of Sean Connery? <laughs> Come oh, on, I wouldn't. I'd be like Sean. Like, listen, this is, this is entirely my point. This this was her choice. She chose to be naked in this scene in front of Sean Connery. And Sean Connery is literally just going like, "I've seen better. I've seen Pussy yeah. Galore. <laughs> I've seen Shirley Bassey. <laughs> yeah. Who have you seen, Sean? Shirley Bassey. Well, that's Pierce, but whatever. <laughs> Imagine that the Scottish accent. Oh, you know what I need to put on there? I don't have it on there, but I need to put Thor. I've forgotten, yeah. <laughs> Yes, we need that. Oh, next you gotta time. Have, you got to have all of them. You got to have the sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, we already got buddy. the woman. <laughs> What's Sean's? Uh, man talk. Uh, man talk. <laughs> too, everything is too Sean's. too many Sean's. <laughs> he had a lot of guts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only Lazenby one. Uh, yeah, so she's basically offering him a job to participate in the next heist. Uh, you know, we're going to steal this mask. And uh, th- we get the first mention of the the thing about never being late here. He's saying, meet me nine o'clock tomorrow, but preferably dressed. He really doesn't like her naked. Uh, and he says here, if I'm late, it's because I'm dead. And uh, the what do we have here? So, so he sends her into a store to, I'm actually remember the movie now. So he sends her into the store to steal something. Uh, she does it, uh, but uh, the vase somebody gets hit with it so there i'm getting lost uh she hit somebody with a vase to get out uh, yeah yeah basically it was a fake yeah it's a fake and then he's basically like she's trying to pay with a credit card and he's all like oh what do you think this is harrods and then she gets a knife in a face and then he she smashes it and steals a film canister for reasons yeah microfilm um yeah. this is this is something that roger moore would have done but uh yeah we get a bit of a chase scene with the the henchman and uh, this is where she reveals, no, I didn't break it. It was just a knockoff. You ever see the movie Knock Off with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Rob Schneider? Can't, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Rob Schneider did a movie? <laughs> yes. Wow. Now I want to see that movie. Uh, I've never <laughs> heard of it. This is my just South like, Rob Schneider was a carrot. Um, no, I have not seen that, but I will put it on the list. Is this new or it, old? It came out, it, well, it was around the same time, like late 90s. Uh, it was kind of at the end of Jean-Claude Van Damme's career, but what what it was a surprisingly good movie. I remember watching this for like a dollar fifty, one of those matinees when you get like the cheapest theater in the city, and like there was nothing else to watch. I'm like, well, that was a pretty good movie. I didn't expect that. Uh, but yeah, the the knockoff song at the end might be worse than the seal song at the end of this movie. It's like it's a knockoff. <laughs> uh, that's why when I hear knockoff, I always think it's a knockoff. We always should play it's a knockoff at the end of this. Please, please, no, well, I, I mean, Enya's got to be there because um, but like I just, I just want you to keep singing. That's it. Sounds like it's, it's a knockoff. knockoff. <laughs> just reminds me of that time when when you're like. 
who did baby you did when yeah, you he crashes every you know it's, it's funny uh jamie and i we were uh, we were at the that mall the other day what we were talking about like the, the the days before you had everybody just had a cell phone or you could watch whatever i'm like when i moved into this area that we were in i'm like uh we didn't have cable we had just moved it was a new area it was the middle of the summer i was bored out of my mind and i realized it only took me 45 minutes to walk to the mall so my brother and I would spend the summer just like, okay, let's just walk to the mall and just walk around because it's air conditioned and we had no air conditioning where we were living at the time. Uh, and they used to have like the music stores, they have the listening stations. I'm sure mm. you remember those. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. And uh, I was talking about, yeah, you'd, we'd go there and they the, the one store had like six different listening stations. Each one had six discs and you just sit there for like the afternoon just listening to music. Yeah. And Jamie is telling me, he's like, I specifically remember the listening station here. And I remember that crash test dummy song, the one that goes, you did baby, you did. And uh, Jamie start bre- broke into the song in the middle of the mall to the point where I was like, Jamie, you're embarrassing me. Stop it. <laughs> you did, you did baby, you did. I, I still don't know the song. I still haven't listened to it. It's not from your singing it on the Oz network, basically. So. Again, another song we could have ended with other than Enya, but uh, what's wrong well, with we'll Enya? There's nothing wrong with Anya. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Muffy, but I'd rather listen to Crash as Dummies over Enya. Oh, poor uh, Enya. I mean, the, one of the first cassettes I ever got as a little boy was The Greatest Hits of Enya. Loved it. <laughs> what? As a little boy. What? Uh, okay, Enya is like music for 40 year old women. And again, nothing against Enya, but I don't think <laughs> little boys is the demographic of Enya. Well, I'm sorry that my mother was in her 40s and listened to Enya and I liked what my mum listened to. I think I also had a Tony Childs tape as a kid. Um, So, you know, I liked my Tony Childs and Enya as like an eight-year-old before I discovered Ricky Martin. Thank you very much. And then Ricky Martin discovered Ben. Uh, But I'm not related and we have to apologise for that because he is not guilty. Uh, it was, anyways, it was a yeah, fun was, week when we could laugh about Ricky Martin in incest and then it just died. So <laughs> so it's a knockoff, but Sean Carney says, you must your entire point of the exercise, Trebek. Uh, this is where we have the microfilm, uh, and he reveals he's the one who stole her clothes. Uh, and um, the what does cryptonic items in her suitcase mean? Uh, there's like a tracker or something in, his suit, in a suitcase, and that's why she stole it. That he stole it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he also discovers there's the pictures of her spying. And again, I think this is where the movie is meant to at least try to convince the audience that this is she was the one spying in the beginning. Uh, and this is where we get the famous line, this is entrapment. No, actually, it's blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> it's so That's brilliant. It's just, uh, uh, seriously, though, I've, I don't think I've ever seen the trailer for this. I'm assuming it's in the trailer, but like that's all they ever played on the TV commercial for this. Actually, it's yeah, called exactly. blackmail fe- featuring... <gasps> Like breathing out of a window. Uh, the uh, the helicopter they take to the castle. And I think this is the location. So I read the trivia that like there was a castle in this movie, and I'm assuming this is the only castle in the movie that was used in the world's not enough. Which I'm assuming is the castle where Robert King's funeral is. Ah. So these movies came out the same year, and both James Bonds were in the same spot. Sean and Pierce um, on an island together. Oh. Oh, doing Denzel. With Kevin Bacon watching. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to walk out. Jesus, I'm getting Judy a wreck. Slap, Judy Dench slapping them. She's slapping. Catherine Zeta-Jones giving them cancer. Yeah, <laughs> spreading her legs. Have some cancer, darlings. <laughs> Shirley Bassey's Welsh. Who's, who's the greatest Welshman of all time, Shirley Bassey or Catherine Zeta-Jones? 
Wow, well, it's Christian Bale, I think. He's from Wales, right? Yeah. Charlotte Church is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You're laughing at that? You're like also Charlotte. listening to like Charlotte, Charlotte Church, Church at the age of 11. Charlotte Church is hot. Yeah, I was listening oh, to Oh, I'm her. not saying she isn't. I was listening like, to her for different her, reasons. <laughs> yeah, her, her music was not the music for Dafford 11-year-old Dafford from boys. Little Britain's hot. He's the only gay in the village. We, we haven't mentioned two Academy Award winners in the in the lead, two lead roles here, of course. Catherine had one one at this point, Catherine, but yeah, a couple years away. Yeah, she was a couple years away. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, let, let's talk about it really quickly because I guess we'll kind of cap it here. This is where he runs through his rules. You know, rule number one. No um, fucking. Yeah, rule number two, if I'm late, I'm dead. Rule number three, don't feed me after midnight. Uh, rule number four, do all- Denzel. Bend him over. Do Denzel now, hard and often. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones, so we'll talk about her really quickly and then you can cover anything I missed oh, here. I'll cover Catherine, missed, don't worry. Well, I was going to ask about that because she was such a big deal. I mean, the, the, the Zorro movie had come out less than a year before. I mean, this movie, she basically would have been cast either as Zorro was coming out or, or immediately after Zorro came out because Zorro came out and she became such a huge deal. And I'm not saying that she's unattractive, but I was telling Jamie this the other day. I'm like, I never quite got oh. like why everybody was so obsessed with her. I do. To me, she's like she's like Jennifer Lopez is the other one where I'm like, oh. I don't. I'm like, she's not unattractive, but I don't get why they were like the biggest deal in the '90s. Like, there were definitely more attractive people out there. Like Roger, uh, but I will say. Uh, did you say Roger? He said more, and I said like Roger more, more attractive. Oh yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say he's definitely more attractive. But I, I will say of of all Catherine Zeta Jones movies, I mean, this is definitely the one that might get me going a little bit because all the flexibility and Leather. everything. And it's funny because it might just be the thing of flexibility because I always thought the same thing about Emily Blunt. I'm like, why do people think she's so attractive? I don't get it. Like she's not unattractive, but she does nothing for me. And then she did that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow, where she basically does the exact same thing. She's stretching all over the floor. It's, you know, a uh, weird obstacle thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, now she's doing it for me. So yes, I like my women flexible is what I'm saying. Um, but I don't get the cast of Zeta Jones love and I don't have a problem with her. It's just, why was you're going to fill me in here? Why was she such a big thing? I would love to fill you in Colin. Um, the, the best use of lasers and stretching and that is Tom Cruise in mission impossible, right? For all those gay men oh, who down. love Tom Cruise. One of his eyes, hi, I'm Tom Cruise. You might remember <laughs> me from such bum holes as your own. Cause I'm gay and I did you in it. I'm Tom Cruise. Um, Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> a lot of very flexible people <laughs> worked really hard for this movie. Um, well, speaking of hard, yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones is hot. Um, always. She's not unattractive, but like, is she the hottest woman in the 90s? Because that's what she was at this time. Natalie Portman was the hottest woman in the Ugh. 90s and still is the hottest woman. Um, yeah, I don't know if she's the hottest woman in the 90s, but I definitely see it the same with Jennifer Lopez, both very attractive women. I mean, I, I guess. I've talked about before. I never got the thing with Jessica Alba back when everybody was going on about Jessica oh, Alba. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't get it. She's not unattractive. And I'll side more with I'll side more with Jessica Alba. We just have different tasted women. Yeah, like, whatever. Um, but like I remember because Jennifer Garner came out about the same time. I'm like, Jennifer Garner's way hotter yeah. than Jessica Alba, and everyone's like, No, Jessica Alba's yes. so hot. And I'm like, Jennifer Thank Garner's you. so much hotter. Um, there you go. You're a smart man. I will say it now. Ben is not dumb. Yeah. If I could be bothered time stamping that and making the clip, I could, but I've got too many to choose from as it is. Um, I don't know. She's just like, I think the thing that adds to it, you know, she's got the accent. She's Welsh. Um, she seems like a nice woman. A woman. Uh, she's, she's, she's a fan of Scotty James. When Scotty won his silver medal earlier this year, she was commenting oh, yeah. on his Instagram going like, oh, Scotty, I love you. Like, she's off with the old men now into the younger men. So, uh, you know. 
Chloe Stroll, uh, Canada's first princess. She's not gonna. She's gonna lose Scotty oh, there, but. I think about Corey Stoll. I'm like, what? <laughs> who? <laughs> she's, she's leaving Michael Douglas for Corey Stoll. I don't know who Corey Stoll is. Sure you do. He was in House of Cards. He was a villain in the first Ant Man movie. Oh, that guy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm like. Who knows his name? You just see. He's one a of those, lot of people know his name. He's one of those people you just see. You go, oh, that guy. Like, I don't know him, his name personally. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Corey Stoll, of course. That guy from those things. <laughs> Forgive me, CoreyStollFans.com. Um, Meanwhile, everybody listening to this episode right now is Googling Scotty who? What did he say? <laughs> well, you know, Scotty J. You're a smart man, Colin. I know. I know. I'm smart. Um. I love when they replace the painting that they do it with a picture of Elvis. Sean Connery's like, I'm a big Elvis fan. Not the Beatles. Put Elvis in that. Um, and yeah, who is who is this like fat guy smoking a hooker telling people to put their music down? I don't get it. And like the I, actor or, just or the, the character. character? I want to say one thing. The fakest thing in this movie is when we get to Kuala Lumpur is everybody's walking around in suits and long sleeve stuff and acting like it's just a nice day. That is a sauna. You die. Like that guy who's sitting there with his man boobs out, smoking a hooker with his like, you know, sweating his balls off. That is an accurate depiction of what it's like to walk <laughs> down the street in Kuala Lumpur. So I'm calling bullshit later on when they're all walking around like Captain Zeta-Jones, I mean, she's not in a leather suit at that point. She, that's in freaking wherever they are on the other bit. But, like, just bullshit. Fake. Absolutely fake. Um, I get confused with... So, Catherine Zeta-Jones is working with Will Patton, but she's actually robbed the painting. So, she's like yeah. a double, triple agent. So, then she's scoping out Sean Connery to use to steal the mask that will help pay to get the thing in the Kuala Lumpur thing because all the while she's actually evil and all the while Sean Connery is the one who's undercover. Like, it's a nice little MacGuffin, really. So I think the problem I have with a lot of this movie is that, like, we get this whole section here where, like, they try to, like, obscure Sean Connery's face. We get this whole, like, it's very true liesy when he's, like, you can't see his face and he's, like, staring at a nice titties. Um... <laughs> You know, and good for her for getting her boobs out. I'm sure they're nice. Um, but, like, and then it just kind of goes really quickly because then basically she's all like, oh, I want to steal a mask. Oh, that's impossible. Uh, no, it's not. All right, steal a vase. Oh, you bloody twitch. You didn't do it. <laughs> I got you the film. Oh, shit. All right. And then they're in a helicopter and then they're creating plans. Like, I feel like there needs to be another scene and maybe there was. And Sean's like, too expensive. People aren't dumb, they'll understand it. Because, like, when we're getting to this scene, I know I'm jumping ahead here, when they're doing sort of the whole laser practicing and all that sort of stuff, like, you don't really get an implication of why they're doing this. Like, you don't even know why they're going to Scotland. Like, I, it's just okay. Sean's just like, I'm not filming in shitty London and Malaysia. I'm going to my house. Uh, but, Sean, they're filming another James Bond. Fuck off, James Bond. Give me the phone, I'll call Pepeus. It's your granddaddy Bond. Fuck off. <laughs> Have you filmed those scenes with warm flash yet? Fuck off. Get out of there. I'm filming my movie now. Fuck off. The cast, the castle is mine, Trebek. <laughs> I don't give a shit what Dame Judy will do to me. You tell that bitch to fuck off. <laughs> I'm the OG. You know, Barbara I'll and Michael, be- listen to me. Now, fuck off. I- I'm the original slapper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit what you say about David Niven. That bastard doesn't count. Now, fuck off. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ian Fleming is the only person who, who said I was bad. Everyone else said I was good. You can all fuck off. Did you meet Ian Fleming? No, I did. Now fuck off my island, Pierce. <laughs> fuck off. I didn't wear a wedding dress and masturbate on camera to lose the castle to Pierce. If you don't fuck off that island, I will make sure the next Bond movie you're in, you are surfing on a shitty fucking kite on a CGI fucking wave. If you are not out here, I don't give a shit if that sounds silly. It will fucking happen. There will be an invisible car. I will fucking put Madonna in your next movie if you do not get off my fucking island. <laughs> Now, Pierce, fuck off. <laughs> and it all came true. Um, <laughs> That's the power of Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery, most powerful man in Hollywood. Literally, this guy admitted that he, like, abused women and no one's ever cancelled Sean Connery. Like, that's the power. <laughs> Sean Connery could literally be like, yeah. I agree with 9-11. And everyone would be like, oh, Sean. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's bomb another tower. Sean said so. <laughs> I was disappointed they only destroyed two of them. That Empire State Building's pretty shit. Uh, <laughs> this is what he was here at the Patronus Towers because he was casing, blowing up towers. There's more than just two towers in the world. I fucking filmed entrapment <laughs> there, like it's actually called blackmail. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Every single time Sean Connery promoted this film, like David Letterman, welcome to the movie. Sean Connery here to promote your movie Entrapment. Actually, David, it's called blackmail. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. I do like the location of this movie. Like, the island looks gorgeous. Um, Malaysia's shot very well. Even the New York stuff at the beginning, you know, I'm going to like that. Um, I, I wonder if, like, because I think he's driving a Jaguar here, so I kind of wonder if they get there and they're like, oh, we've got a, we've got an Aston Martin for you. No, I'm not driving a fucking Aston Martin. Those things are pieces of shit. I want a Jaguar. But, uh, Sean, they've got that for the next James Bond. I don't give a shit what they're doing in the next James Bond. Get me a Jaguar. Raw. Um, and to keep the budget down, he actually used Ving Rhames' Jaguar, yeah. which is not a scripted scene later on. Yeah, exactly. Ving Rhames isn't acting in that scene. He's like, Sean, I fucking told you. Is that my Jaguar? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like, was this or we lose catering. Like, there's just, there's just little things that just kind of, like, I get it. It's like a heist movie and you're playing off each other. You need to, like, outsmart each other. Like, it's fun. I get it. And it's kind of like a nice little, you know, plot twist at the end when it's really Sean who's, you know, playing the other. But I just feel you just get so many things lost in the fray here. Like, yeah. it's like, like, huh? What? Like, what? Why all of a sudden they're doing this? Like, I just, there needs to be a couple of lines here that explain something a little bit differently. Because, like, it just is implied that Sean Connery bumps into her in the street, sees her tits, Breaks a vase, the next minute they're off in a hotel. He's like, those are the rules. Like, what is he, like, saw? Like, do you want to play a game? Um, you want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery should have been Tobin Bell or whatever his name was. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else there. Cousin Zeta-Jones, hot. Sean Connery, hotter. All right. Yeah, hotter, definitely hotter. Um, all right, so when she's basically running down, this is what I hired you for to do this, this is the plan, uh, he says... Uh, I'm going to do it myself and you're going to find us feed. No negotiations. Uh, and then she decides she wants to reveal now. Now, this is also where I think it, it gets confusing because even this time watching it, when she's saying, I stole the Rembrandt, you know, and, and I painted the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> uh, I didn't but, uh, did you? Oh, you did a good job. <laughs> uh, she's like, no, I painted the Sistine Chapel. You were in the mail room. But... It, I still, this time watching it, thought, okay, so she's trying to take credit for it, but he actually did it, and he's calling her bluff here. But no, the story is that 
she was the one in the beginning, and I guess he was the one spying on her, or Ving Rames was the one spying on her or whatever. Because uh, she runs through how she did this, and she basically jumps up on the beams uh, in this great room and decides to do a gymnast routine. Why? Because flexible women are hot, right? So actually, fun fact, in the world is not enough, they actually had a scene with Pierce Brosnan doing that, but they cut it because it was too similar, so... Yeah, exactly. Sean yeah. that, wouldn't have it. That, that scene with M when, uh, you know, he's like going off at her, like he's actually on a beam going like, you know. In leather <laughs> with lasers everywhere. Yep. Oh, that was hot. Um, but it, she she basically describes how she stole it and everything and she does her gymnast dismount. Uh, now. Kicks a raptor. Uh, it's Raptor, yeah. Uh, hey, hey there's another Jurassic. There is a Jurassic Park park park, park coming up. I'm, I'm gonna be curious if you pick that as well. Yes. Oh, yes. that's a Lophosaurus uh, scene. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Sit down, uh, Dilophosaurus. Start spitting my face. When Sean Connery turned her on the airplane, and went Alan. <laughs> hey, you. If only we had Sean Connery in the Jeff Goldblum shirtless pose. Oh, I just ah. Oh. <laughs> Don't move it's vision's based on movement. <laughs> oh god. Uh, the, uh, the, yeah, she she this gymnast dismount is clearly a stunt woman, but nah. I tried watching this twice, and not just because she was flexible, but uh I'm trying to see like, okay, is is this her? And I think the majority of the shots, that's actually her up there. So does she have a gymnast background? Like <laughs> she she's clearly doing this for real for at least the majority of it, which is impressive. I, 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 is that a question to me? I, I have no clue, Colin. I, I, I know I was, my, I was know my gymnast. Trying to gauge your reaction if oh, you're rewatching the scene I right was, now. I'm, I am because I'm just I'm imagining if Catherine Zeta Jones was a gymnast and I just like gymnasts even more. So <laughs> Roger Moore. Uh, but no, I don't. I'll ask her next time I bump into her. I'll be like, Catherine, sup? Yeah. Colin says hi. Uh, by the way, did you ever have a background in gymnastics? Just keep your distance because cancer and all. Yeah, uh, leotard, now- cancer, just like you know. He reveals the Rembrandt here. No, I stole the Rembrandt. Uh, and she's genuinely shocked. So this is where I think it's, yet the movie could be clear and say things, but it's supposed to be like, she actually did steal it. And now she's wondering, well, how did you get that? I stole it. She had mentioned that she dropped it in the mail slot. She mailed it to herself. And he's like, I was hiding out in the mail room. <laughs> so he took the laziest man's approach to do this. Why rob the penthouse when the mail room is on the ground floor? Because I look um, like a mailman. Because I'm a man. Male talk. <laughs> Where's the slap? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. I'm really prepared for this. Um, uh, Male um, talk. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we get the introduction. Oh, sorry. Illuminating. <laughs> Roger hadn't chimed in in a while. What do you think of that one, Casper? It's a winner. Yep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so we get the introduction of Ving Rames here. Again, something that gets no explanation, obviously, for a reason. Uh, now I don't I don't think you memorized the Mission Impossible movies we covered a few years ago, also on the Oz Network. Barely remember them either. <laughs> Bing Rain Tom Cruise is in, is in them, all right? those. I think he is. Uh, hi, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> you may remember me from such films as Mission Impossible. I'm Tom Cruise. Gotta uh, say, Tom Rain's- Cruise ripped off this uh, movie with uh, the one that he climbed up the Burj Khalifa because you know he world's did, tallest yeah. building, world's tallest building at the time in this movie. So just saying, carbon copy. Yeah, he's like, I, I, you, Sean Connery can do it. I can do it. Um, oh, I'd do Sean Connery he, and Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise would do Sean Connery. He's gay. So, you know. Also, the next Mission Impossible movie will have him doing a gymnast dismount from the same castle. From Denzel Washington's uh, penis. Yes. And Tom Cruise will be emerging from underneath the covers and 
Tandy Newton's gonna be back. She's like, you're not wearing any clothes. Tandy Newton, Scottish now. Her yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Tandy Newton. I'm Tandy Newton. <laughs> Actually, I'm called Tandy Newton. The day's mine, Cruz. <laughs> Did you like me in ER? I loved being with Carter. Noah Wiley, what a man. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to get Jamie to watch The Pursuit of Happiness last night, uh, but we settled on Enemy of the State instead. Uh, also oh, very nice movie. Yeah, the Will, movie. Will Smith night last night, clearly. I did, yes. I'll tell you why when we do Men in Black 3. Get in the mood uh, with me and watch some Will Smith. <laughs> Getting but, jiggy uh, with it. <laughs> but yes, uh, no, Tandy Newton is not Sean Connery. Uh, where was I? <laughs> Ving Rhames. Okay, so he's the other he's guy. The other, other the, the episode of the, ti- the, the title of the episode, Tandy Newton is not Sean Connery. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing it with Denzel still on top. Uh, but uh, Ving Rhames is the other guy other than Tom Cruise in all the Mission Possible movies. And he's literally playing the exact same role here. He's a guy who likes his things fancy. He's the tech guy. He's the sidekick. He has a good relationship. He's always trying to coach his mentor or whatever. It's like, no, you really shouldn't be doing this. Uh, you really should be doing Denzel instead. Uh, that, that's my thing. I'm Ving Rhames. You should be doing Denzel instead. All right, see, uh, I, I'm not even going to try and do his accent, Colin. Mildly racist. Come on, let's be honest. Uh, imagine Noah on this episode right now. Uh, I, I also love... Whoa. Oh, Jesus. He's getting attacked. The racism police are with him. It was Sean Connery. <laughs> Don't be racist, Colin. Don't be racist. <laughs> That's my job, Hilding. <laughs> That's why I don't like women uh, of different color as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ving Rhames is getting them all the gear just like he does in Mission Impossible. And I love that he gets them like the, the little view screen for the the surveillance. I thought I said no liquid plasma. <laughs> Very opposed to LCD in this movie. Uh, and uh, then now they're talking about buying a dress. Have you ever bought a woman's dress? <laughs> Sean Connery's like, I wore one once. <laughs> it was a wedding one. It was nice. I got an erection. It was beautiful, beautiful day. <laughs> uh, but this is where they start to, what size is that woman? And he's like, uh, I think she's a six, but she'd look good as a four, um, which Sean Connery's going to steal himself when he wears a four. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, um, we get a montage of all their prep for the job, the, the big heist where they're building things outside and doing the explosive. And this is where we get all of her practicing over the bells with her flexible, stretchy routine. Uh, and uh, he's getting pretty bossy with her. And I, I love when uh, she's basically saying, it's like, oh, I need to take a break. You'll get a break when you get it right. <laughs> I guess <laughs> like everything is- that's not acting. That was actually Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of like, oh, Sean and Andrew, you'll get it right. Get it right, <laughs> Catherine. God damn it. Uh, <coughs> but, uh, <laughs> Got throat um, cancer. <laughs> no, you're doing with Jamie last night. Her. I didn't go near her. Uh, he makes her do it blindfolded. Oh. Uh, and we get a Merry Christmas. Uh, a Christmas good movie. Night. Another Entra- one. Entrapment's a Christmas movie, everyone. More of a Christmas yeah. movie than White Christmas, telling you now. <laughs> Uh, not more than world is not enough though. Uh, but yes, we have Merry Christmas, just like, uh, in the world is not enough here. So they really were stealing things off each other. You just want Denise Richards uh, to pop up in the background and go, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes, Sean. <laughs> not you, the trash. <laughs> I thought you already came once a year. Now fuck off. <laughs> uh, so he gives her the dress. 
oh, this is beautiful. I got to get you something too. Not necessary. <laughs> I don't want cancer. I'm a For man of time. No I'm cancer. a man of limited means. I don't need anything else. Thank you very much, Catherine. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were able to do that on Celebrity Jeopardy? <laughs> what? Just fuck off. Uh, if they ever go on to cable or HBO, they will. Uh, so she's not going to get him a Christmas present. The nerve of her. She's calling Will Patton. Oh, uh, now, I, cheating on really Sean with Will Patton. I mean, Will's a nice guy, yeah. but like, come on. He's a great guy, but yeah, he's no Sean Connery. But are, are you a Will Patton fan? Um, I am a Will Patton fan until I recently rewatched his role in 24 and think that <laughs> I had more useless poos in the last week. Um, <laughs> useful poos in the last week, really, because like, holy crap, do they waste Will Patton in 24? But um, yeah, I like Will Patton, Armageddon. Remember I, the Titans. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's been lots of things. He's one of those guys. The um, November Man. Uh, but unlike, he, was in the no- he was in the November Man, apparently. I don't remember him in that. Unlike Carl, whatever his name is, from Ant-Man and House of Cards. Um, <laughs> I remember. Carl. I remember. Was his name Carl? Uh, I, rem- <laughs> I remember his name. I, I remember him in the November Man. I remember us talking about him in that. Yeah, well, uh, now, he was the guy you thought that, that was yeah. evil. Like he was the one yeah. we were all meant to believe was evil, but he wasn't really evil. Um, yeah, another one here, The Punisher. Did you ever see The Punisher with John Travolta? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, great movie! We got to cover that one of these days. I, I will make John Travolta month our next. Make him great again. We've already uh, but, done uh, like a gay month with Tom Cruise, so you know. <laughs> what is it? What is it, Noah? We're, oh, we've met our. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, no, no, we met our quota. Uh, but uh, yeah, Will, Will Patton's great. And I mean, in this movie, there's a twist on the end where originally he was supposed to be revealed as the villain that they cut out. And I think that's just an example of we're, we're, we're cutting it. It takes too long to make Will Patton a villain. He's too lovable. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a villain in 24. So, I mean, you know. He's a villain in half the things he does. The funny thing is Will Patton's one of these guys where he's either the villain or he is the nicest guy in the world. So the man has range because he can do it all. He can even do Denzel because he did in Remember the Titans. <laughs> Everyone did Denzel in Remember the Titans. <laughs> Cut, all right, who's doing Denzel next? Will, it's your turn. Uh, the uh, I guess the last thing we'll just say here, yeah, she's working with Will Patton and uh, Sean Connery's monitoring her so he knows. And um, uh, they are, I guess, preparing a little bit more for the heist here. They have to synchronize their watches. They have to uh, count the steps up to the mask. And uh, I guess the first heist here is, I'm going to say this is the better heist in the movie. I think that's one of the other problems with this movie is they peak so early. So they have to plant charges underneath her dress for the first one. I guess it's it's not a charge they plant underneath the dress where he's, I'm Sean Connor. Let me look up your dress. And nobody questions it because he's Sean Connery. But uh, he's putting, I guess, it's supposed to be a track so they know where the explosives are supposed to go. Uh, they wait for the clock to chime. That's cool. Each time, a one. Yeah, the one, two, three, four. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the this heist. Uh, she has her little trick where she uses the, I guess, supposed to be makeup powder for the lasers on the mask and stuff. And this is where he says, clever girl. <laughs> yeah, she says okay. the line, clever girl. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Which I, I wanted to tell you, uh, I was playing with the twins yesterday and Ooh. Remy had like a, it's, it's a, like a digger, you know, like a construction digger. And he's playing with it and he's saying a truck. And I'm like, it's actually a digger. And I'm like, 
it's a digger. <laughs> and I got him. Uh, Jamie didn't get it. I'm like, you know Jurassic Park? She goes, yeah. I'm like, you know that. like it's me. He's, yeah, a he's a digger. <laughs> Jamie didn't get it, but I kept saying it that way. That's and Remy funny. started to repeat. Remy started repeating it. I'm like, it's a digger. And he goes, it's a digger. <laughs> so Careful. He, he, Careful when he's saying that word, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasize the D. <laughs> he might say but, the G word. Um, uh, yeah, but he, uh, he, he now pronounces digger as digger, which is great. Uh, it's weird having children. They pronounce things the way they hear. Like, I think I mentioned this to you before that Casper uh, watched some British, he has some British game or whatever. And so he pronounces some words with the British accent just because that's where he heard the word the first time. It's, um, I'm laughing at how you're saying it a second, but it's funny you say that because my nephew Link, him growing up had like a, kind of like an American accent. And now my oh, nephew, yeah. uh, my niece, Avison, she also kind of, when she talks, has a bit of an American accent. And I think it's just watching too much TV. I was just thinking, I, I go back and listen to our Jurassic Park coverage on the Oz Network. Hilarious. But like of all the things that, you know, we great quotes, it's a Unix system. I know this. Um, interactive CD-ROM. Um, <laughs> why did we ever not have the T-shirt of, because Grant's like me. He's a dick. <laughs> Yeah, I pronounce it D-E-E. He's a digger. <laughs> He's a dig. Who is that guy? I like that guy. Grant's like me. He's a digger. He's a digger. <laughs> Imagine if that guy was around in the 60s. He would have been saying a completely different quote and would have gotten away with it. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that uh, she kept forgetting in the original one was the, the pressure switch or whatever. And I love where he, I think it, he says, or no, she says, as she's getting ready to steal the mask here, um, no, not yet. I have to use the pressure equalization switch or something very elaborate. And then she sticks a piece of gum on there, which I thought was funny. Another um, uh, Jurassic and- Park reference. Reference. I'm French. Oh, <laughs> the Jurassic Park reference. Um, Ben's watching too much French TV. Lost, <laughs> French. Lost, lost World. It's like, yeah, spit. Your gum. Yeah. Your gum. Yeah. Oh. Nick. Nick Van Owen. <laughs> Sarah Harding! (laughs) How many Sarahs do you think are on the side? (laughs) I've been playing uh, Lego Jurassic World and I'm up to the uh, the Lost World section. And fuck, it's funny. Just the way they kind of go (laughs) inside. (laughs) Nick! Hey, Hey, Nick! You got a granola bar or something? I uh, I have um uh, the game on 360, but we have an Xbox One now, and I'm so disappointed it's not backwards compatible because I'm like I'm not gonna go to the bo- the bother of hooking up my 360. But that's the game I always like. Oh, maybe I should whip up my 360 so I could play that. But am I remember this wrong? I was thinking about it the other day. D- do they incorporate the 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 dinosaur poo in the video game? I I swear yeah. I remember it. Yeah, there's like yeah, okay, um, there we go. certain characters can obviously only do certain things, and then like Ellie and I think it's Sarah Harding too can like mm. dig through poo to basically. Yeah. I rem- yeah. So I, I wasn't imagining it. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I've been waiting to dig through some poo. So I'm just going to pull out the 360 and do Careful, it. Careful. Your children might eat it. <laughs> um, and of course we do get her laser stretching scene here, which is great. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll cap it here where um, he is now onto her. So he's drowning her in the water. And again, only Sean Connery could do this. Waterboarding her. Drown a woman in water. Uh, and he, he knows that she's you're playing both sides. A little game of truth or dare. <laughs> um, and uh, she's saying, no, 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 I did this because I need you for my next. Don't tell me it's worth a hundred million dollars. No, it's not worth a hundred million. Drowns her. It's worth a billion. Uh, <laughs> <Little and finger. laughs> <he basically> says, <laughs> One billion dollars. 
A billion dollars. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll cap it there. He's he's basically going to say, I'll give you 40 hours uh, right before they, they get into the next heist. It, yeah, like, again, it's all enjoyable stuff. The, the thing about this movie is it takes stuff that doesn't make sense and makes it enjoyable, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's nothing – if I'm complaining about things and saying, well, this doesn't make sense, why is this? This is really quick. Like, it's never explained. It's still – enjoyable it's not shit it's not like throwing stuff at the tv going like why are they doing this why are they doing that um i wish they had just intersected this with like uh you know team america gonna need a montage montage or kind of have like you're the best the best nothing's gonna stop no no no, they need pearl harbor sucks (laughs) (laughs) well it hadn't been released at that point colin so come on um you know realistic here um yeah ving rames is just ving rames um, and yeah, like pervy, like Sean's obviously trying to get a boner over Catherine because he's one of the bits where he's like, Ugh! like when she's like bending yeah, over. Yeah, he actually gives a, mm, I mean, you know, <laughs> everybody is man, woman or child. Um, but yeah, like I'm with you. I think kind of like, I kind of like the bit where, you know, Sean's like, every time I come up here, I throw something off and he's like, oh, is he going to throw Catherine? I just want him to throw her off. Fuck off, bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I told you, no women on this island. Now get me, get me Denzel. Um, but like, it's it's kind of not even really explained too much about this mask and okay. And this is where it turns into Jim Carrey. I'm just looking for my mask. I got it. <laughs> um, but like, it's sort of implied here when they're like, oh. We're all going to be wearing a mask, so you know what does this turn into? Bloody um, eyes wide shut at this point, or something like this, this is yeah. the orgy scene. Colin thought that was a fighting scene, by the way. Um, <laughs> just I, I also, how come Tom Cruise is the only one not taking his clothes off? I also want you to remember, just uh, at least in this movie, when it comes to breaking into somewhere underwater, this place set on a body of water makes sense. Just uh, remember that when it comes to season seven, when the terrorists break into the White House, because apparently there's a body of water right on the White House, and you can just break into the White House by swimming underneath it. So We're, we're talking about 24 for those who aren't listening to the Oz Network, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 24, season seven. Oh, it's a season. Um, so, yeah, I, like I enjoy, I love kind of the the use of like the, the bombs of the clock. That's kind of cool. Uh, like legitimately a tense scene, like, I hadn't probably seen this movie in a few years, but I'm watching this going like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, we talked about that, like, Mission Impossible on the Oz Network, the famous, you know, going down the the thing. Like, it's it's legitimately yeah. tense. So, yeah, it, it, it does its job. It works out really well. Um, Cass and Cedar Jones in leather. I mean, you know, Sean Connery in leather. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that Denzel guard, in leather. That guard in leather. I mean, you know. Uh, and the monkey mask, it's it's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I do, I do kind of like... Sean Connor, like, we're going to play Truth or Dare. Now get your tits out again. Um, <laughs> I said, get your tits out. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm with you. I think it kind of it peaks early. Not to say the stuff at the end isn't great, but, I mean, this is what this movie is known for, this laser yeah. sequence, Cats and Zeta Jones in the leather and that, and I always thought it was, like, at the end. I always thought it was, like, somewhere in the Patronus Towers that they did this. But, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, I guess the one thing we'll say again, we just did Many Black 2 on the Oz Network, and... There we talked about how the trailer ruined everything. And, again, I haven't seen the trailer, but I can imagine the trailer's all about the lasers and all this sort of stuff. So, kind of, if you're watching this and you think that's what this is about, then that's kind of cool. So, that this is you're halfway in the movie. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, it does get a bit Dr. Evilly with a billion dollars. 
so one thing I, I might not have been watching closely, but I, I just feel like something was unnecessary here because I think he, he actually tells her you have 48 hours. I'll give you 48 hours. And then they cut to a scene where they're basically talking very briefly about this. And it's essentially, okay, 24 hours more. Now we're in Kuala Lumpur. And I almost feel like they said you have 48 hours and they're like, well, it's going to take two days to get there, but let's have a scene before then. So we could feature another location. Cause it just immediately just, it's a small thing that bothered me. It's like, just jump to Kuala Lumpur and be like, well, you're two days or up. What's the plan? Why do you have to have 24, like a 30 second scene, 24 hours later saying, we're going to do this. Okay. And then what? I'll show you. Yeah. 24 hours because later. He, he says like, because he has that thing where he counts down and it's like, you should just tell me 24 yeah. hours. And then she's just like, it's a bank. Or we'll watch more. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And because then the thing that doesn't. One scene. But the thing that doesn't make sense here is like when she basically tells him and then he's all like, oh, it's not possible. It would be three days. It's kind of like, like it's, it's bad acting for Kathy Zeta Jones. And she like kicks a bin and she's like, damn it. You only want to do 50, 50. It's like, did you not explain to him that this was a millennium like Eve thing? Yeah. And he's just like, oh, take three days, impossible. It's like, fuck you, dumb Sean. Like, I get what you're trying to do, but it's just like, okay. Can't you just say, I want 50 yeah, 50? Well, what, what was the original? I think I wrote it down here. So, uh, 8 billion to so his share was 1 billion. So he was supposed to get one eighth of this. And then, yeah, she basically says, This is what we're going to do. And he's like, All right, it will take me three weeks. But I literally just said, we have to do this next week. You know, the, the, the millennium. All right, then 50, 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have here where he pulls out the senior. Muffy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, now, if I get this right, so they're going to rob a bank. It's all about just transferring money. Uh, most of the most interesting stuff happens in this quick little montage as she's describing this is how we're going to do this. And they're talking about the retinal scan. You see a guy maced in the eyes. When he's at the eye doctor, we're going to do this. I say make that part of the climax. Like, don't spoil it for the audience because basically they say we're going to do something very secretive on how we're going to get this money because there's a 30-second shutdown worldwide. And I think this is supposed to be because – I don't even know if they identify it's because of Y2K or the Millennium no, they bug. Do. They do. They, 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 they do mention it because she says because of the Millennium bug, they're doing tests and they're going to like do this yeah. and do that. Um, so, no, they do mention it. Okay, yeah, and that's really all that Y2K has to do with this movie is like uh, a safety precaution is they got to have a 30-second shutdown, and during that 30 seconds, we just have to patch in and steal all the money and everything. Um, and she goes to meet with uh, Mr. Kuala Lumpur, sweaty, uh, drooling Kuala Lumpur guy. Now, this guy, I, I don't know, did you recognize him from anything else? Yeah, I he's been, I haven't looked him up, but he's definitely from something. He's, he's a good actor. Now, I, I thought he was a Canadian actor, that I looked it up now because he's been in so many Canadian things. I mean, he's one of these actors who like he'll he'll do a Canadian thing, then he'll do an American thing and an Canadian thing. What's American his name? Maury Chaikin. So the thing I recognize him most from is actually the Russell Crowe movie Mystery Alaska. He played like oh, the yeah. uh, the attorney time. gives he gives like the big impassioned speech in that. Uh, but he was also when he was much younger in the the movie War Games with Matthew Broderick. That would you like to play a game? Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been in lots of different things, but he is an actor who appears in mouse hunt, you know, you know, him from mouse hunt of all things. <laughs> I've seen mouse hunt. I saw the movies. I like that as a kid. I used to love that movie. Ben, Ben's birthday. Uh, guess what? You got an Enya CD and we're going to see mouse. I hunt. honestly think it might've been for my birthday mouse hunt. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know like mouse hunt? Was it Nathan Lane and that other guy who was in no, the nineties? It, it's one of those. 
it's one of those kids movies that it's better than you expect it to be. But I mean, I it's just of all movies, it could be a bit. I don't think I, I don't think I probably would have seen it since I was. You know, probably one of these ones I'd watch now and go, Ugh, this isn't a good movie. Uh, no, I look, uh, looking here, I nothing stands out besides Mouse Hunt. He played the prison warden in Mask of Zorro. So this was Catherine Zeta-Jones saying, I have the hottest guy to be in this movie next to Sean Connery. I just worked with him. I have seen Mystery Alaska, but probably not for 20 years. So, yeah. Can I remember it? No. I just watched it for the first time in years last year. And I, I, I pumped the movie up so much. I'm like, Jamie, this movie's fantastic. You're going to love it. And she watched the movie end and she goes, that wasn't nearly as good as you made it out to be. I'm like, hey, you know, it's not as good as I remember, but it's still good. It's Mike just not Myers as good as I remember. It? I didn't know Mike Myers. Was oh, he plays, uh, he plays the obnoxious commentator in it, uh, who's from Flin Flon, Manitoba. Nice. Of course he is. Burt Reynolds is in it? Wow. Yeah, well, Burt Reynolds plays the, uh, the judge slash coach. Yeah, huge cast in that movie. I would still love to cover that, even though, again, it's not as good as I remember. I'd love to cover it. That's what it said, Michael Bublé, but it says Michael Bowie. Is that meant to be boy? I mean, if only Michael. Uh, <laughs> if Michael Bublé was in this movie, I mean, he'd be doing Denzel. What a man, Michael Bublé! Come on. Oh, real man, yeah. Canadian a, man, right there. Coming to Australia soon. Uh, might go see him. But this guy, the the sweaty Colin poor guy, Maury Chicken. He's actually, I, I, he's not technically Canadian. I mean, I looked it up, and his mother's from Winnipeg, so I guess he oh, has like technical loser. Canadian citizenship. But because of that, when he was starting out, like he. He decided, I guess, at some point in the 80s, hey, you know what? Because I have Canadian citizenship, you know, I can work in Canada. And if American movies are there, you have to hire a certain amount of local talent. That's one of the things. And or I guess like, you know, Canadian talent. He's like, I can get American work in Canada. I can get Canadian work in Canada. And he never left Canada. So that's why I kind of mistake him for a Canadian actor. But uh, yeah, good actor. I, I don't quite get his characters, I guess, supposed to be the buyer because she's here to give him the mask. And then of course they open up the bag and Sean Connery's just written on a stone. Uh, what smile or something like that. I also don't get this because this stone is heavy. Like this is, I, I spent almost all of this week installing uh, a sidewalk sidewalk blocks in front of where I park because that area always gets sunken in and floods in the spring. So I'm like, I'll install a sidewalk so I could shovel it properly. Uh, and patio blocks about this size are heavy. And the thickness of this, it, it's its a heavy block. When he throws it, you hear, did she think the mask weighed that much? She's the one who picked it up off the pressure sensor and a piece of gum held it in place. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe it might have been a lighter one of these blocks, Malaysian standards. Uh, <laughs> the, the Malaysian ones. The, Mal- the Malaysian <laughs> ones. Yeah. I got um, hit with a few but, of them in the head just in Malaysia, just, you know. This is one of the things I like about the movie. But again, I, I acknowledge this could have been done a lot better, this back and forth of, I'm playing you. No, you're playing me. And, you know, she goes and freaks out on him because, you know, you set me up or whatever. And uh, he he owns it, I guess. Uh, I'm Sean Connery. I shut up whoever I want. I did it for fun. Because I got pussy law. <laughs> Look at my chest hair. <laughs> man talk. I'm a man. Man, man talk. talk. Oh, shit. Where's the button, yeah, get- Ben? Ben, where's the button? Ben, man talk. It's actually meant to be man fact, but, um, you know, that's where we fail with it, and that is a Ben fact. That was a very subdued one, and that (laughs) is a Ben fact. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God, this show's jumped the shark. 
he basically said he did this. He set her up because there's no way that he can pull off this millennium heist. <laughs> pull he off. said it was possible, but it's not possible. Beavis is back. Uh, <laughs> pull off. <laughs> Wow, uh, that wasn't really. Beavis Colin just creamed himself. There, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally pulling off. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Beavis. <laughs> you did this whole episode like that. You're so good at those impersonations. I love that. Uh, uh, who's this old guy with the hot chick? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a benefit to you not eating gluten. <laughs> <laughs> You can do good impersonations, basically. Uh, there is also, he gave the line here about don't use a cannon to kill a mosquito. Now, maybe I wasn't watching this closely enough, but apparently this is like the code that they use to pull off the heist. Like he, when the guy gives him that random, don't use a cannon to kill a mosquito, he's giving them the code to break into the Patronus Towers. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I yeah. It may not be in the movie, but somebody wrote it as trivia. Um, Who was it? It is a random quote. So con- Shit, these are the things that did. Uh, I flew Delta for all the things that got cut, so this is what it, people will get it because they read the trivia on IMDb. I just discovered that broccoli are like little trees and oh God, butterflies are my don't. dead grandparents or whatever. Soccer is the most... Oh, shut up. Do you know on the Survivor <laughs> store you can buy T-shirts that say that? Oh, well, I'll, I'll say the, the twist for all those Survivor fans listening to this, which might be one. Uh, we, uh, thank you, our, our latest Patreon Survivor fan. That's, yeah. That was for you. Exactly. Uh, but but yeah, the, the way that they handle that twist in the new season is actually done much better. I haven't watched uh, it I, yet, I, so don't spoil it. I, I, well, it's... Yeah, there's a good and bad with it. That's all I'll say. Um, I will say the most obvious first boot in the history of Survivor is in one of the first three episodes. The single most obvious first boot. Well, wouldn't they? Oh, I, I love that I just said one of the first three the first episode. The first boot. The obvious, most obvious first boot is in episode three. I'm like, <laughs> maybe the third boot uh, then, Colin. Yeah, this is a non-elimination boot. <laughs> well, I, I'm telling you now, I will question that until I watch it because uh, in season three of Australian Survivor, the most obvious first boot ever is in that one. So just saying. Is it Matt Dyson? No, no, it's sadly not. He's the second <laughs> most obvious first boot. Because seriously, you got to watch Matt's episode because there's no way in hell he would have lasted more than two days. But uh, no, in the third season, the first Channel 10 season, very obvious first boot. Um. So yeah, Ving Rhames basically is the one trying the first to boot. talk him into. Yes, he's the first boot, but in the third episode, <laughs> good. I solved that racism uh, problem on Survivor. Then that's good. So Sean Connery is basically saying, "I only said I would go along with it because I know you never take no for an answer." But the answer is no. Ving Rhames is the one trying to talk him into it here, uh, which this becomes even more confusing yeah. when we get to the end of the movie. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, so uh, he basically spills the beans to her. Yes, I was going to sell the mask. Uh, and this becomes, a, this is a fight scene and a sex scene, I guess. But it is not a sex scene because they barely touch. She keeps talking about. Let's have Colin. It's a you, sex scene. Yeah, this is a sex scene. This yes. is how Colin has uh, sex. <laughs> you, you've never broken the rules. Uh, never, woman. <laughs> Man talk. Get in here, Ving. <laughs> God damn it, Colin. Try that again. Hang on. Man talk. There you go. Get in here, Vern. Uh, but uh, I read trivia that this was voted as like the second worst love scene in the history of movies. What? 
Yeah, that, that's one of the, the trivia things the here on IMDb. I'm going to, well, I'll have to find the list. Uh, stay tuned more on that. But um, uh, where is it here? Uh, more on that later, okay? Uh, but uh, the problem I have is that I think what works about this scene is that they don't do anything right here. The love scene was voted the second worst of all time by readers of American movie magazine film in 2003. They were narrowly beaten by Sharon Stone and Joe Pesci in Casino. That's not Uh, a real magazine. Film Film. magazine. (laughs) Literally. What are they sitting around a table? Hey, guys, how you going? We're going to create a new magazine about film. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Film uh, ideas for the title of it. Uh, Movies and stuff. No, no, that's kind of crap. Uh, we love movies. No, no, no. What's it about? Films. Okay. Um, how about we just call it film? Ah, oh, promotion. You are the editor. <laughs> you you did it again, Jenkins. <laughs> Seriously. This is not that bad. It's really not that it bad. It isn't. And I'm, I'm trying to find the list and I can't find it here. But yeah, it was beaten by Casino. I actually was going to say this is much better than I remembered because they're not doing anything. It's all about, you know, just, just the, the tension between them and she's, trying to get on him and he said no woman i like dungeon instead um but uh, i completely disagree i actually would argue this might be one of the better love scenes sean connery had in his career uh just period i mean outside of the james bond series it's fantastic um but uh he never breaks the rules so they don't actually do anything so i don't know we do we count this as a kiss kiss i'm not i haven't I mean, there's really nothing to count in this movie. I, I mean... There's literally nothing. Uh, I sort of counted two drinks just because they were scotch, not martinis, but um, <laughs> that doesn't really count. So, you know. Uh, Will Patton kidnaps Catherine Zeta-Jones and uh, shows her all the photos. Um, this is where we find out that Ving Rames is working with Will Patton. So, no, he's playing both sides. And I, I like this. I'm not saying I just like I still like this, but... You really feel like watching this movie, everything could have been done better. Yeah. Because now you have Will Patton. Is he good or bad? Kathleen Jones, is she on Sean Connery's side or Will Patton's side? Bing Rames, is he on Sean Connery or is he on Will Patton's side? Uh, whose side is Sean Connery on? That's kind of the big twist. And yet it all could have just been executed better. I can't tell you how. We are usually pretty good at dissecting, change this one thing and it works. And I don't know what else could make this work better, but it's something about it just doesn't quite work. I agree. Are you capping it there? Or are you still going? Yeah, like, I'll cap you... it there before we get to the final heist. Yeah, I uh, and I think even like in hindsight, when you like maybe if this, maybe this is a movie that you kind of need to not have like a four year gap in between it where you remember it, so you can watch this knowing that Sean's evil, good, bad, well, whatever. Exactly, we can't yeah. even put our finger on what it is. So, um, I think at the end of the day, Sean and Catherine end up being hot for each other, and they're just playing each other so much that cool. Um, you know, that's what they do and run away together happily ever after. Um, I will say that they do a very good job of showcasing Kuala Lumpur. Um, and it is a hot, stinking city. It's a it's a city that definitely is it's an interesting city. You've got like these tall, beautiful skyscrapers, and then on the other side of the street you've got like a slum and it's completely mm. dirty and it looks like a you know, a third world country. Like it's just so unique, the disparity on different sides of the street. But I've the, this, this, this. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, this is if I, if I'm right, this is like the closest country to you. This is 
This is where no. the cheapest flights are going to be. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's no, no. New Zealand's closer to Australia than Malaysia, uh, Papua New Guinea, Indonesia, a lot closer. Singapore's closer. Um, but it's in the vicinity. Like this is. It was easy an eight, 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 eight hour flight from Melbourne to Kuala Lumpur. Um, it's. I mean, it's cheap. Yeah, like it's like it, mm. this would be like you traveling to Jamaica. Like you know, it's it's right. or the Caribbean. Like for us, traveling to Southeast Asia is is pretty cheap. For the most mm-hmm. part, COVID kind of ruined that, but they're getting. Is it like in. a big vacation destination though? Uh, I wouldn't say Malaysia. Thailand is where I went to Thailand in Phuket is often known as the second Bali. So uh, you know, Bali for anybody who doesn't know is just it's Australia Junior basically. Like it's it's the Bogan International Hotspot. Um, I, Bali doesn't appeal to me at all, but like Phuket is a very big one. I there are other countries in. Southeast Asia that more people go to. I only went there because of the Formula One. There used to be a Malaysian Grand Prix, so I went to two Grand Prix in a row there. So it was cheap. Um, you felt very rich there. Like one Australian dollar got you three ringgit, and basically because everything's cheap a, there, a, you a dollary do a dollary do basically. But um, it's yeah, it's the the Petronas Towers at this point. These were only like a year or two old, so these were like mm. brand new. They were the tallest buildings in the world at this point. They only held that title for like three years, I think. There was uh, Taipei yeah. one one overtook it, I believe. Early and then the, the Burj Khalifa. Um, so, but they, I, I, did you hear this trivia? They're they're getting it back, or I guess it'll now be the second tallest. It's not going to top the uh, Burj Khalifa, but the they have now a new building that's being built in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, that's there's, be the there's a, second tallest. There's about I think eight buildings right now that are being built that are going to hold some sort of record. There is the uh, the the Jeddah Tower in Saudi is meant to be a kilometre high, which is meant to overtake the Burj Khalifa. But um, there's other ones that are being built. There's, I think one got built in Australia recently that made no news here that basically was our first building to have 100 floors, yet it still isn't our tallest building. I don't get that, but the floors are very short apparently. Um, but I've like the, the thing that I will say about the Petronas Towers, it's hard to go up them because you've got to get there at a very certain time. You got to they only let a certain amount of people in a day. And basically you only go to a certain part of it. I think you only go to the sky bridge. That's as far as you can go up. It's not like in New York where I could go to the top of all these buildings, but at the bottom of it, there's a big ass shopping center. We used to hang around there a lot. I, that's where With I met fat, sweaty guy. That's where I met uh, Eliza and Yao Man. I met them in the uh, shopping center at the base of the Patronus Towers. So uh, huh. they're amazing. They're like, and they're built of concrete as well. There's a oh, they met Eliza and Yao. Yeah, they, they, they are. They are. They are hard people. <laughs> they, they, they are. They are the Patronus Towers of Survivor players. <laughs> rock solid. They really, really are. But. Um, yeah, like beautiful location. I love the the usage of it, and it definitely it's one of these ones where, like, I'm sure if I mean you you watch your movies where you've been to the Bahamas before and you look at it differently. Once you've been to a place like this, you can definitely mm-hmm. look at it differently. Also, this fat guy, why is he wearing makeup? Did did you it's notice pretty, he's wearing? It's pretty gay. <laughs> yeah. What is it, Noah? Oh, it's pretty gay. Like like why is he wearing like clown makeup? I don't get it. Uh... I think they just want to make them weirder. And there's like an Iron Maiden post in the background while like Buddha in the background or whatever that statue it's not is. Not Enya. It's, it's got American flags. Like, yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to add that you've added. It, it does get a bit convoluted, a bit confusing because, yeah, who's playing who, who's doing this, who's doing that. And then the thing that when we get to this heisting at the end, which always confuses me, is like why are Will Patton and that just sitting there watching them do it? Like are they wanting them to do do it or are they not wanting them to do it because then mm. they're going to arrest her like can't they just arrest her or is this whole thing of entrapment like you know because <laughs> obviously entrapment is 
getting someone to do a crime, which maybe they weren't going to commit unless you deliberately do it. So mm-hmm. actually it's called blackmail, man. Shut up, Sean. Um, yeah, I don't have that well, ad. I just want to give the entra- Malaysia perspective. The entrapment thing kind of bothers me too, because this entire movie is entrapment. Like all he would have to do in court is say, she was the one who pulled off the heist. I was the assistant. I, yeah. I'm a, I was the helper, which is all he does in this movie. And I think that's maybe a problem with them having an older guy in the because Catherine Zeta-Jones is basically there to take the action because you're not going to have Sean Connery doing all the stretchy stuff, but that kind of invalidates I'll their plan that. of setting him up. And, and like, I think this is hip. where, this is where the original ending of Will Patton being the bad guy would have maybe made more sense, even if it is kind of a cliched thing Yeah, because Will Patton is the only person in this movie who is, it turns out he's the only honest one in this movie. So he believes that he's actually going to catch them in this, but he should also know that none of this is holding up in court because she's the one doing all the actual theft. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, this has got so many plot holes, it's Swiss cheese. But I guess my point before, it's enjoyable. Like none of this is to the point like, you know, the last one of these we did was Cowboys and Aliens. Um, actually, the last one of these we did was No Time to Die. Look at that. Uh, we actually did a real Bond film. But the last one of our series that we did was Cowboys and Aliens. And you, you know, I enjoyed that. You obviously said there was all the problems with it. And and fair enough. But, yeah, this one, it's kind of like the plot hole filled movie that you enjoy. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying this for the – I'm just trying to think of a Bond film that I compare it to. I don't like Moonraker. Uh, but, like, you seem to just at least enjoy Moonraker. I like Dino the Day because it's mm-hmm. batshit crazy, but, like, it's got weird shit in it that shouldn't be in there, but I can still enjoy it for what it is. I feel like, though, that this final section of the movie here, the Patronus Tower sequence, that they really just relied so much on the location that they didn't bother put in any good action here because going through what the heist is. So there's a party, uh, which means she's wearing another dress. Uh, Connery takes control of the elevators. Uh, he shuts down all the elevators except for one that they take up. They know Will Patton's watching them. He freezes the cameras. Nobody bothers to see that the clock's not moving for about 20 minutes on these cameras. Well, where did everybody go? (laughs) Why can't we see him anymore? Where did they disappear to? Um, And they, they do one quick cool thing in here is a repeat of the laser flexible sequence where they set off the canisters and they do a tandem walk where they're basically yeah. humping each other Dancing. and taking the steps at the same time. Dancing. Yeah. To Enya. Uh, to Enya. <laughs> and to you time. Are we allowed to play the real Enya song on here without infringing copyrights? Because I just heard the real Enya. Thank you. I often get mistaken for Enya. That's Bobby. Bobby, when Bobby dies, when Bobby Cannavale dies in Third Watch, that's the song when Kim Raver comes out and cries to Bobby dying. Talk about a cliche. Shut up. Only time when somebody dies. Leave it alone. It's Kim Raver and Bobby Cannavale. (laughs) You will respect that. That's the best couple since Sean Connery was doing Denzel. Oh, well, you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, so th- they do the, the, the little dancing tandem walk thing, and they do the little fingerprint thing. Oh, what are we going to do? We're going to put in a code. Like, everything here is a step down from the last two heists we've seen. Really. Even the first heist of the movie, you're seeing somebody jump out of a building, and th- there's a lot of excitement going on. And here they're like, let's – Use a makeup brush and we'll see which you know, buttons to press for the code. 
which I'm also saying is an issue because there are like nine numbers on this keypad. Six of them are in the code. You have to guess the right order. So how do they, they do. know by because how do they know how because they say that little phrase, like the Confucius phrase or whatever it is, because they're oh, little well, Asian can, symbols. I can't read the Asian symbols. Well, so neither can I, I but like sure uh, but I'm it. assuming that they know the order because they can say like whatever the symbol is and they like they oh, press, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it, it does make sense, but again, that's only if you understood without reading trivia that that phrase that they were Colin, giving him was if the code I here. can un- I did not read trivia. I no, got that when I was watching one. it live. So if <laughs> I can understand that, then you've got no excuse, my friend. I have no excuse. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> Cable, you're in. What did you think of Entrapment? And on that walkout music, is going to be... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> let, let's take a quick sidebar here. I just want to say we should say we've now passed the 60th anniversary and it really was just the one documentary, but bonus, we got the concert that, uh, I don't know, Ben, if you heard this, but uh, they did a concert yeah. with Shirley Bassey. I, I and really didn't, didn't hear that at all. I wish somebody would have told me that a month beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've seen the documentary now too. Have you watched the documentary yet? Not yet. Hopefully. Oh, okay. We, we were, we were just commenting, uh, Noah and Ben and I, I guess all commenting on, uh, how hot old lady Shirley Bassey and old lady Lulu have gotten. Oh, and, and Shirley, how- I won't take this bullshit about bagging out Shirley. <laughs> Shirley's still hot. She's Scottish, all right? She's got an extra layer of hot to her. <laughs> One of the best responses, I don't know, some garbage song came on the radio, and I was telling Jamie, I'm like, you remember what the singer from Garbage looked like? And I'm like, we were just commenting. I'm like, yeah, she's she's definitely... Age is caught up with her a little bit. And we showed the picture because you were saying, no way. And we showed the picture. Your response was just like, she's Scottish. That's what they're, they all like. <laughs> well, come on. Like, I mean, you tell me one Scottish person out there who doesn't like Sean's age gracefully. But I mean, even yeah. at the end when Sean died, like the last time that you saw Sean at the US Open, he looked like Skeletor on crack. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all Scottish people like get to a certain point and they look a little bit. My nan's Scottish. She still looks great. But, you know. I, I- the point of it before anybody gets offended and decides to try to cancel us. No, we, we have, we could say so many other things. So many things have been played as sound clips on here that should get us canceled. So this won't get us canceled, but the point of it is surely Bassey and Lulu, they've really aged well. Um, and maybe they've had some assistance, but they've aged well. Uh, there we go. I'm that, sorry. James Bond, Shirley 60th Bassey anniversary. 85. We got hot old ladies. Shirley Bassey is 85. And if there's any part of her that is legitimately what she had when she was 15, then I will <laughs> I will fly to Winnipeg and paint your house. Like, I don't know. That's like, right. Lulu, we, we, I'm sorry. She also is very plastic. At least Shirley just doesn't have anything done to her and just ages like a woman should. That, that's what we just mentioned, Channing Tatum and old lady Sandra Bullock. Uh, when we were watching that that movie, one of the reasons, I, Jamie and I were both like, it's kind of like Pluto Nash. It's like, I want to laugh, but I'm not brought to laugh. And then I actually pinpointed one of the problems is, in that movie, it's a comedy and everything in the script is funny, but Channing Tatum naturally has no expression. And Sandra Bullock has had so much work done. Like you can watch as her face struggles to move. Like she's incapable of making an expression anymore. So yeah, she's gonna be there soon. Too. There's there's very little left of Sandra Bullock's original face, um, <laughs> and a career. Um, <laughs> hang on, let me try that again. And her career. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, uh, pandemic year still. It's gonna be one of the highest grossing films of the year. 
Because everybody loved the Lost City. Netflix is... film? How can it be highest grossing if it was a Netflix film? No, the Lost City was released theatrically. Oh, right. Okay. Because I remember it came out like the week before my birthday. And we always, basically all we could do is just go to a movie. We had plans for our 10th anniversary to go on vacation. And now because one of our kids is a master escape artist, we can't leave the city. Because um, we don't trust <laughs> anybody. Catch them. Forever. <laughs> We're stuck here forever. So... We'll probably spend our anniversary seeing another movie with Sandra Bullock barely moving the Go to the, go face, to the but, uh, Museum of Human Rights for your anniversary. Oh, really, there's a plan, re- yeah. <laughs> relive what you and I did with Noah. That sounds wrong, but you people will get it out there who watched The Brink Unleashed 6. Was that 6? It was 6, yeah. When were we doing The oh, Brink Unleashed month? definitely 6. Uh, never. <laughs> Better than Kill Vanity Phil? Project of Ben Waterworth. We only did one Vanity Month with okay. Ben Waterworth. It is a literally movies following my travels. Yes. <laughs> It is a bit of a vanity project, but, like, that's the point. I will say your trailers are very well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice um, to get Anyways, my point being, the only movie that came out the week before um, my birthday was that Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum one. So for a while I was depressed. She's like, well, you thought this movie looked funny. I'm like, it does look funny, but it's just, I feel like garbage if I spend my birthday watching Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. And we ended up finding this movie. It's actually a really cool movie called um, The Outfit. It's like, um, well, it, the sequel it's, to uh, the dressmaker. Um. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of a cool movie. It's like a, a 1920s, 1930s mob thing where the guy who's running this, uh, this tailor shop, the mob brings in, he basically has to perform surgery on a guy. And there's this whole cool mob story, kind of a cool crime drama, but, uh, yeah, it was better than watch Sandbook. Anyways, back to entrapment. So the end of the movie here, all they really do is they enter a code because they see fingerprints uh, the Americans jump the gun. Oh, always those Americans 10 seconds early. Uh, so I guess they gain an extra 10 seconds on their little heist here. And our big heist of the movie is them unplugging things and plugging them back into the switchboard. You, you like, do. That's it. But you missed the point of that 10 second thing, right? Because that was deliberate. They say that they're going, they've got a code system which they add a tenth of a second for every minute. Oh, okay. So that, that the guys think that they've lost 10 seconds when that's the point because they've hacked into the computer to make it seem like they're doing it 10 seconds early. So that gives them 10 seconds to do it. That's explained. Do you watch this film, Colin? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I figured out the plot of Zardoz, so I'm not allowed to feel bad <laughs> that I missed a few things that did travel. Don't I, claim I figured you out did. more than you did. <laughs> but you were the only person on the planet claiming that. Like, no one, the guy who wrote Zardoz doesn't know the plot of Zardoz. It was Sean Connery. <laughs> I know the plot of Zardoz. If we had have ever it's got him on, re- rest in peace, Sean, but if we had ever get him on, that would have been, I'd be like, Sean, what's the plot of Zardoz? <laughs> um, is it weird? That in a in some strange way we will never top Zardoz. Meaning there is nothing we're going to cover in this series that will be weirder or more memorable um, in the wrong way than Zardoz. I I strongly hope we can. I mean, that's still to this day the worst movie I've ever seen. But um, I mean, I weirdly kind of hope we do. Like I I mean, have George that. Lazenby. We're going to run out of George Lazenby films after like round four. So I mean, there's got to be some George Lazenby film he's done that's shit. Uh, we're going to start doing his newscasts where he's carrying his camera and hitting on the, the anchors. Um, I don't know. Like Timothy Dalton's been around for a long time. Um, <laughs> I, I was in a movie where I wore a dress. Uh, <laughs> don't know. Uh, now, I guess the bigger part of this action sequence is... He's Welsh. The alarm does get Sorry. Great Welsh Timothy actors. Dalton. And you think he's better than Catherine Zeta-Jones or yes. Christian Bale? Yes. No. No. Yes. 
Christian Bale as Bond. Still to this day, he could do it. Hey, shut up. Timothy Dalton was Bond, not Christian Bale. So suck it. He can Fine. take his Timothy Oscar Dalton. and shove it up his very sexy ass. Timothy Dalton as Batman and Christian Bale as Bond? I can say Timothy Dalton as Batman. I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I rattled the cage. I don't know why it's Connery. <laughs> oh, Freeze just caught on. That's Mr. Freeze. Wrong one. <laughs> They're all doing it. Well, I rattled his cage, I did. Why did you say that name? <laughs> that name, why did you say it? Uh, yeah, so they have the escape scene here, and this is where the big thing comes up. The whole room fills with gas because they figure out which floor they're on, and this is where you get that famous moment of Catherine Zeta-Jones going up to the window, <gasps> gasping for air. Uh, and uh, then we have the big action sequence, which was, really was kind of let down because I remember this being much more exciting, you know, I think Mission Impossible has spoiled this. We've seen Tom Cruise actually climb the tallest building in the world, actually falling out of a window. I mean, he's connected to wires. They, he didn't really say, no, I'm doing this, guys. Drop me from the building. Uh, but we, we saw that real stunt. onto very large, thin objects that are hard. Sue us, Cruise. Sue we us, Cruise. Come on, you big gay <laughs> phony. Hurry up. Sue us. <laughs> if Tom Cruise came to you and oh, said, he can, all right, he, guys. That's what he does to men. He I was comes say, to them. I was going to say, if he comes to you and he he says, I've heard your episodes and I just want to say, I'll do one of two things. I will sue you now or I will have sex with you. Sex. Which one are you taking? Sex. There you go. All the way. <laughs> right Bend me over, Tom. I'd even be on the bottom. I'd even I'd take it up brown town. Remember when I said I want something in my butt? Tom Cruise. I want him in my butt. All up in there. Just get up Hi, in there, I'm Tom. Tom Cruise. And I, Ben's butt had a lot of years preparing for this day. <laughs> I've been working out hard. <laughs> I I'm just, Tom Cruise. I'm doing my butt exercise right now. I'm clenching and unclenching. I'm clenching and I'm just get in there, Cruisey. Cruise it in there. Missile. I hope you enjoy and it's not your first time. I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> Even you'd have sex with Tom Cruise. Come on. <laughs> you hate sex. <laughs> but I love Tom Cruise. That's a man. That's a gay man. And that's a Ben uh, fact. Oh, shit, hang on. Let me try that again. God damn it. Crappy editing. God damn it. Where is it? I can't find the right button. <laughs> shit, too many pages. Where the fuck dun, is dun, it? Dun, dun. And that's a Ben fact. The pressure. I can't handle the pressure. <laughs> um. So... The, the big escape scene here where they're like climbing from one tower to the other on the, the light thing, it really just looks like they were on a soundstage and you don't get any sense of the height. And maybe it is kind of spoiled by Mission Impossible now, but I'm also going to say even the, the opening scene in the movie, the diving out of the building, the jumping down an opening scene, you still get height better than that. Like there's something about this just doesn't feel exciting watching it now. And this is supposed to be the big finale. Um Maybe it's the shot where the thing breaks and then you get the cheesy, oh, they're swinging like Tarzan. That's oh, not good. Catherine, oh, Catherine, I'm And uh, after this, uh, I guess there's the parachutes for the both of us. Oops, <laughs> not anymore. Another James Bond. It's a mini shoot. Uh, now, when does he lose his parachute? Uh, she loses hers. Okay, yeah, because that's why he gives, I'll be a gentleman, when, take my parachute. When they're climbing the thing and you see something fall out of a pocket, that's when it falls down. Come oh, okay. on, Hilding, watch the fucking movie. <laughs> uh, I watched the last 15 minutes of this movie, 15 minutes before we recorded, because I just couldn't keep my eyes open last night. You know how great it is to have two kids throw up I do know how great it is to have two kids. Oh, on Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, by the way. Thank you. 
Thank you. Let's see if anybody gets to enjoy it. I'm just wondering if I'm going to get one thrown up next. Uh, but um, yeah, the, the, the parachutes for the both of both of us seen, he gives it, so uh, gives it up to her and uh, it's the same thing, you know, I'll meet you at six 30 or whatever. If I'm late, I'm dead. And he's late. Uh, so was that he's just pregnant. He's, he's late. Yeah. I'm late. <laughs> I knew I should have broken the rules with you. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Uh, this is where the big reveal, which again, doesn't feel as big as it should, but it's still kind said. of uh, <laughs> not when she was with Sean Connery, maybe when she's with John Travolta. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, Nicholas Cage has got the dong in that. John Allen's got the dong in that movie. No, we've talked about this before. Jason Momoa has a little dick. All right. Jason Momoa's got the little dick. Yeah. yeah. Come on. And that's, Momoa. and that's a bad fact. <laughs> So no, I don't want Jason Momoa to sue us because he's he'd hurt me. He's he's big yeah. in the in the physical sense, not in the dick sense. Like he he would just you know flick me. He's got tattoos. I've only got like three tattoos. They're, they're <laughs> shitty tattoos. He's got like mad tattoos. But you know what? He he's he cut his hair now. Well, so does, does he have that same power? Well, I mean, probably looks like more of a man now with short hair than the long hair <laughs> bullshit. Like, come on. Real men have uh, short hair. Real women have long hair. We've established this on this show, Colin. Come on. He is going for the Judy Dench. He just walked in. It's like, I'm thinking of trying something. I know everybody loves give me, me for my hair, Judy but Dench. give me the Judy Dench. <laughs> it's a big old tough Jason Momoa. Oh, I'm Jason Momoa. How you going, hairdresser? Give me the Judy Dench. <laughs> I'm actually getting my hair cut tomorrow. Maybe I'll go to the hairdresser. Give me the Judy Dench. <laughs> You know, just, just do that. They're never going to know what it means. See what they do. They're like 12-year-olds cutting my hair now. They probably don't know who Judy Dench is. <laughs> she was M in James Bond. Oh, the Ray Fiennes. <laughs> <laughs> the Gordon Brown. Um, Robert Brown. Why do I even say Gordon Brown? Stupid Prime what Minister of England. <laughs> he was a Prime Minister of England. I don't know why it was going for him. <laughs> Gordon Brown. Well, he's, 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 he's going, he's, going he's, to the barber. No, I want you to go to the barber and give me the Gordon Brown. Yeah, I mean, you know, why Britain's most famous <laughs> prime minister of the last year. I mean, they've had more than we've had prime ministers recently, haven't they? Um, <laughs> give me the Justin Trudeau. Oh, that's a nice butt. Uh, other people, you just just randomly give me give me the Captain Zeta Jones. <laughs> Give me the Noah Groves. Uh, <laughs> we don't go for those sort of racist haircuts in this part of the world, Ben. Give me the yow, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not funny. Um, uh, give me the Will Patton. <laughs> the pattern of the pattern, right? The Will Patton. No, there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, yeah. give me the Sean Connery doing Denzel. Mm. Yes, please. You're gonna have two different things. You got one half of your head bald, the other half. Uh, I'm not gonna say a dick, <laughs> a penis going in the butt, Colin. That's what you're trying to say, and that's a Ben fact. That, All right, that was so, a dumb Ben fact. Yes. No, that deserves one of these. That wasn't good. That wasn't a good use of the Ben fact sound. I'm just I'm blowing it really badly right now. And that's What's a your favorite meatloaf song? Oh, what is your favorite? We went this. Never mind. Move over. <laughs> we have to. This has to be an all podcasts. <laughs> meatloaf. Everybody, tell us. If you're listening to this episode right now. 
Tell us in the comments what your favorite meatloaf song Tell is. Tell you what, let's uh, let's do this right now. We've got to do our Patreon episode. And I mean, the time we've released this, we've done the Patreon episode. By the time recording this, we haven't. We've got to come up with a topic for Double Oz Seven on the Oz Network Patreon. <laughs> the whole hour, meatloaf. Ranking meatloaf songs. <laughs> I'm not even going to prep. I'm just going to like come in and go. Oh, that one, that one. Colin actually found out the other day that Paradise by the Dashboard Lights is about sex. No, oh, and my mom on the. Listen to it on a car. Oh, yeah. Colin's mom had sex on a car. Get off the car, mom. <laughs> Colin's like bonnet has a bum print in it. <laughs> the Honda Fit or whatever it was. Um, it's blue. It's blue or it's green. Whatever you said it was. It was not even that. Uh, the, the big swerve stuff at the end here. So. He shows up. She's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you, Sean Connery. Um, she's naked again. Let me give you cancer. Uh, and he's like, no, I made a deal with Will Patton. Wait, she's not naked um, again. Where are you watching this film? No, I'm just saying, Catherine Zeta-Jones is like, I'm naked again. Woo! Uh, she likes to be naked in front of what? Sean Connery. That was the trivia of the movie. She was actually naked. In this movie, like, but she's not naked. She's wearing clothes. Oh, yes. I understand that. I was doing a, that was my impression of Catherine Zeta-Jones. I'll be naked. That's uh, the worst impression I've ever heard on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even funny. I don't even get that. That's, that's, you get that sound effect. I'm the one with the shit humor on this show, Colin. It's getting too excited. You thought, where's she naked again? Let yeah. me see. <laughs> like, I want to see the version you're watching. <laughs> The deleted scenes should have bought the DVD. Uh, but yeah, he basically says, no, I turned you in and you were Ving Rames is actually with the FBI. Now this is where that scene earlier on doesn't make any sense where he's trying to talk him into doing it. And Sean Connery's like, no, I'm not going to do, do it. it because we, we, we spent two years. They even say this has been a two year operation just to catch you. And that's why I don't get like Ving Rhames character. This was something that was rescripted last minute. The original ending was exactly like this played out, but you find out that Will Patton is actually the thief and that he's keeping the money and that he's setting her up. Um, that it, it's cliched, but I think it probably makes a better ending than this. This is, it gets very confusing, but I do really like though. I like the way that he does the reveal of yes, I'm turning you into the police. You're going to spend your life in prison. Too bad you won't get the $7 billion. Uh, they, I gave the $7 billion to them. Uh, and then he, they know that a billion, billion is still the- missing? Like, I mean, that doesn't make sense. I mean, Ving Rhames is kind of in on it with them. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, Will Patton doesn't know. Will Patton's working for an insurance company, right? Like, he's not... But, but, but what, I, what I mean is, like, the banks are going to see that there's $8 billion oh, yeah. missing. So when they go $7 billion, like, they're still going to know that somebody's taken well, a I billion think, dollars. I think that Sean Connery kind of knows here that he's about to get caught, and he's just basically he, – he he's banking on the fact that they're not going to find that out until after she's gone is what I'm thinking. Because because what happens here is he gives her her escape option here, uh, and he begs for one minute alone with her. Oh. Uh, what's he going to do in that one minute? She's going to be naked. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, naked. I'm Captain Zeta Jones. <laughs> with no shirt on. You watch things differently. At least it's a woman this time around. Who are you, Tom Cruise? <laughs> uh, at least it's a, a woman this time around. Uh, <laughs> um, she pulls out a gun to fake holding him hostage. She disappears when a train comes by. Um 
Will Patton says, I'm going to get you fired, Bing Rames. Somebody's beeping. That's going to say, is there an alarm going off in your house? Do you need to run away? <laughs> I think Casper's got a knife again. Jamie set a smoke detector off, maybe? Do you, do you need to go put a fire out literally right now? Or? I mean, nobody's screaming. Um, <laughs> That's but positive. I guarantee my phone's about to ring. Passed out from smoke here inhalation. Hold on. We're going to do All this. Right. Uh, oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's see here what Colin's going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife's just cooking upstairs and set off the smoke detector. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's Colin. Oh, hold on one second. I'll just uh, play some thinking music right now for Colin. Because uh, he's muted himself. Sorry, hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, we definitely don't need the fire department. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right. Appropriate music. I, uh, I had to I had to mute for a second because in order for them to call off the fire department, you have to give them a password. I'm like, uh oh, I can't give my password on air. Ah, <laughs> well, because it's secret. Why? Because wait, all those wait, people wait, listening. No. Now Jamie's saying, oh, Colin, please tell me it's not a real fire. Okay, good. <laughs> yes? Again, they're probably all passed out from smoke inhalation. Until the steam came up from the fan. Uh... Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. Good to know. <laughs> Don't set any more fires. I'm just going to say, the, the level of um, panic okay. from Colin there was very limited. Uh, smoke alarm goes off. We hear beep, 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 beep. Colin's just like, ah, oh, Jamie just set up. It's like, again, literally the house could be on fire. all the time. They could all be passed out from smoke inhalation, burning to death. I mean, we know if they're burning to death, Colin's going to walk well, upstairs and go, ah, you're all burning to death. Well, well I, the thing is, is that I couldn't tell where it was coming from. And originally I thought it was down here. And I'm like, we don't have a smoke detector down here. We have a CO detector. I'm like, am I going to die of carbon monoxide inhalation? So I was worried for a second until I found it was just yeah, a fire about yourself, there. not about your <laughs> wife and kids. Just well, I saying. assume somebody's going to be screaming if it's a real fire. Casper's probably um, like, like Jamie's setting off a panic alarm. Casper's pulled out the knife and has killed Remy and Casey's after her. She's bleeding to death on the floor. There was one time she uh, she just opened the window. I was out running and she opened the window, I guess, without disarming the alarm. So the alarm goes off, but they call they I guess maybe because I worked there, they call me first and they called me and I didn't know anything about it. And I thought I was on call for work and, you know, oh, well, we tried to get a hold of you. You didn't answer your work phone. And they're like, oh, we just got an alarm from your kitchen window. I'm like, uh, my wife probably opened it. It's fine. I told him, call off the police. It's fine. <laughs> and then only afterwards, I'm like, what if somebody actually did break in? And I called Jamie. I'm like, please answer, Jamie. I just called off the police. <laughs> I just want, uh, like, Jamie's probably doing just a, like, shirtless fireman come over to the house. Like, oh, I set the alarm. <laughs> Colin, I'll deal with that phone call. Please oh, send the fire department. Jason Momoa and Tom Cruise in here. <laughs> Yeah, well, and they're doing it with Denzel. <laughs> and Jamie's watching with a knife. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the end of the movie here. Sean Carney lets her get away. Will Patton wants to get Ving Rhames fired. I guess this ending is supposed to be like because he pays Ving Rhames off with these microchips that are worth five million dollars. So I think it's like twenty million dollars of what Ving Rhames going to get. So Ving Rhames has now gone along with it. But but Sean Carney admits in the scene with her. You know, I, uh, I, the, oh, I, this was all, yes, it was this thing. We planned two years to get you, but I didn't anticipate falling in love. Uh, and that kind of leads me to believe like Ving Rhames at the very last minute would have been told, Hey, you'll do this, but why is he just okay? After two years, risk his entire career. The, Ving Rhames is the one who spent two years on this and he's like $20 million. Sure. I'm a sellout. 
Yeah, d- does he not? And they're going to find out later on they got a billion. Um, yeah, and like the one thing I didn't bring up, so Sean Connery's an art thief. Why did all of a sudden he's like down to rob a bank? Like, I think it's just the money. Sure, some money. Well, I mean, he's, I guess really the, the point is he's down to do it because they're all a in boobs. a plan to capture naked Catherine Z. Jones. Yes. Basically, the cancerous vagina is that strong. <laughs> yeah. That vagina just keeps drawing me to it. Cancerous. Literally, it is. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm with you with the action. Like, I, it's tense. Like, I, I, I feel they don't go all out with the New Year setting, like, Millennium New Year's Eve, I feel, should be a bigger deal. Um, and even just the use of the Patronus Towers, it's, yeah, like t- Tom Cruise, what a man, he's really climbing the Burj Khalifa, whereas this, you know, they're not really going to have Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery up there. But one thing that I'll say, like, with the the scene there when they're, like, dangling off, it's, you like, they just are fine with heights because we got one scene earlier on of them being up a building in New York. So it's just like, cool, all right, we're okay with heights. Like, there needs to be more fear in this. Like, I just, it doesn't feel that way. Um, I love it when they're, like, bank breaking into this, like, vault and these screens that pop up and basically the the most tension-filled part of this movie is them plugging in telephone cords into modems. You know, click, 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 click. That's getting, I mean, fuck, I'm going to do that with my modem after this. Maybe yeah. I'll get $8 billion. That's how, <laughs> that's how easy it is. Um, and this is where, like, it doesn't make sense to me why Will Patton is just watching them, just watching them. And then they send, like, the Malaysian SWAT team after them. This is the Malaysian SWAT police. Oh, hang on, I should try that with something different, shouldn't I? Um, hang on a minute. Hold up, la da 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 This is the Malaysian SWAT police. We'll be back. Back with the dogs. Like, that's basically <laughs> what it is um, when, they're, when they're doing that. Um, yeah, the tension, the action's not brilliant. Um, and it's just funny when they're like falling, they're like, oh, whoa, I'm falling, Catherine. Um, and yeah, the ending's a bit odd because even then when it's like- disappearing and reappearing in front of trains, like how is this happening? Yeah. And like, again, I've been like, I don't, when I say I've been to that train station, I don't remember going to one called Puda, but like these literally look very similar to a train station I went to. Like it just, and their trains are like driven automatically. Like they're not got drivers, no drivers. Oh, we spared no expense. Um, but they, their trains go really fast. When they're not, like, going, they're not stopping. they like, a pshoom, like, super fast. So, I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is dead, unless she's, like, Rowan Atkinson in Rat Race. Um, so, what are we doing Rat Race? That's a great movie. Um, we had planned that for our anniversary month. Yeah, but I guess shit happened in 2021 that we couldn't do it, right? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a weird ending. I get what they're trying to do. You know, it's not one of these ones where you're kind of like, well, that's so stupid, it makes no sense. You get what they're trying to do. I just think yeah, it's it's just one of these movies where they've gotten to a point now where so much stuff doesn't really make sense, where you're like, okay, I see what they're trying to do. They didn't really stick the landing. But sure, let's listen to like a Seal song from like a B-side of that seventh album no one listened to. Uh, do we go through on Double Seven the regular box office yes, and stuff like that? Yes, we do. I okay, hear the sound of it. Do you want me to play them for you? What do you want to do? Start. You play, oh yeah, let's okay, let's start with. We're gonna start with box office. We're gonna start with box office. Well, with that in mind, let's hear this. Box office. And Peter Travers, he is a stupid idiot. But don't read his stuff. Never gets old. You know, I for the life of me cannot find that original clip and whatever episode that was from. I don't have well, Noah falling off he, a chair sound effect. 
No, because it, him falling off the chair didn't happen on the episode. It no, I remember that, but I thought I, I obviously I kept that for some reason because you used yeah. it in that, but I just don't know what I did with the original file of that. So if you've got it, please yeah, send it to me. I think I had to ask you to send it to me. So I don't, I've probably changed computers three times since then. Um, all right. So box office, uh, this did quite well. It uh, made over $200 million world, $212 million worldwide uh, opened. So this would have opened a couple months before Thomas crown affair this was like the last week before the summer movie started. Cause I remember 1999, like the, that was the year of the Phantom Menace and the mummy had like two week jump on Star Wars. So this had the one week jump on the mummy. So we're three weeks away from the Phantom Menace coming out here. Entrapment opens number one with over $20 million, knocks the matrix out of the number one spot. Uh, other movies that uh, were in the top five life with Eddie Murphy oh, in his third, third weekend, never been kissed with Drew good Barrymore. It's, uh, analyze this. Don't think I've seen and, it. And 10 Things I Hate About You. Great movie. I watched that on the uh, plane recently. Uh, good movie. The the only other movie that opened against Entrapment, though, was Idle Hands with Devin Sawa and Jessica Alba. Devin Sawa. Uh, which opened with $1.8 <laughs> million. Um, the, uh, I guess the final run domestically is what I'm trying to find here for uh, Entrapment. 87 million. 87 million. Yeah, so just shy of a hundred million dollars, uh, but again, more than made up overseas because over two hundred million. Oh, uh, so yeah. what a! I'm good sorry, it, the for the year it ended up twenty third, but it was beaten by Patch Adams, good movie, and beat out Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, good movie as well. Oh. I hate. I know I've said this before. I hate Patch Adams. Well, you're an idiot. Uh, Patch Adams um, is a great movie. I am apparently an idiot this week. Uh, now I don't know if we have Peter Travers review here. Uh, but this movie only has 30. I would I would think this is better than 39% on oh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's better than 39. Absolutely. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars and says it works because it is made stylishly. The plot is put together like a Swiss watch, not Swiss cheese, that keeps changing time zones. It is accurate and misleading at once. The film consists of one elaborate caper sequence after another. And it, revi- ri- it rivals the Bond. It rivals the Bond films in its climactic action sequence. I'm going to disagree with that. Yeah, no. The stunt and effects work here does a good job. Most of the movie's action is just that action and not extreme violence. And Roger Ebert also said about Catherine Zeta Jones, "I can only reflect as I did while watching her in The Mask of Zorro that while beautiful women are a dime a dozen in movies, those with fire, flash, and humor are a good deal more scarce." Did you, the the bit underneath it here where they're bagging out the the old and young, the, the Russia yeah. house keeps coming up here. We might have to do that for our <laughs> next one here because it says here we barely believe Sean and Michelle Pfeiffer in the Russia house. A decade later, Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta Jones. You gotta be kidding! That's a review from OK. What a stupid magazine! And apparently, oh, M- Malaysian the government film's didn't. All like it. The film's all right. Missed rightish. the best part. <laughs> all rightish. Oh, I missed that bit. But I was, I was more concerned here. Apparently, Malaysia wasn't happy with this movie. So, um, presenting a distorted, distorted image of Malaysia, the prime minister said it took issue with the film, splicing images of Patronus Chin Towers with the slums of Malacca. Well, that's Malaysia. Like I literally explained that to you. You literally are walking on one street, and there's like these rich brand new building the other side you've got fucking well, slums like that is malaysia I, see i read that too but i i think and maybe if we read more into it we'll find this is why but i kind of interpreted it more that the way that they would cut in a cut between the two was like trying to present oh yeah it's like the, like the the upper class and the lower class you know 
oh, all the rich people, while well, the other people suffer. Like this is a 1% type, you know, well, they, addition to the movie. They say here the Malaysian government assisted 20th Century Fox with visa processing, customs clearance, telecommunications, security in a bid to promote Malaysia as a film. So they're basically saying like, oh, we want you to show the good parts of Malaysia, which I don't know. Like They said, we'll do that, but we're showing the garbage too. Yeah. I mean, Mission Impossible 2, they showed the dirt of Sydney. So, I mean, we weren't complaining. Oh, mate, that's fucking, that's not true. Fucking Sydney's beautiful. There's dirt there. So, you know. You you don't call Richard Roxburgh dirt. Come on. Oh, this man's an icon, Colin. That's not even a funny joke. Of course joke. he is. Come on. Uh, and he got naked. I I'm Richard Roxburgh. I'm naked. <laughs> let, let, let his little Richard hang out. Little Richard Roxburgh. There he is. Little Roxburgh with a lot, they call it in some circles. Um, That was a good joke, Ben. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't change the page because you're about to tell me what the next segment is. So it's not on the same All right, page. Up next, let's let's go through the non-existent kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Kiss, the kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Sure. None. <laughs> None. All right, that's done. What's the next segment? <laughs> They tease over and over again. We even get the James Bond tease in here. Well, we I think get there's two the drink tease. You said yeah, there's like two uh, scotches. Like, but, um, did we count just drinks in the other movies we covered? Oh, uh, I well, I mean, I don't think they legitimately had martinis. So I've got here that in the first round we had nine martinis, but I don't ever remember there being officially a so martini. So let's count that. Then. Yeah, so two. All right then, sure. Okay, so we got two. We have no James Bonds. I mean, we did technically count. Um, w- w- which one was it? Well, the the Roger Moore one, the man who haunted himself, yeah. and said, "You're you're not James Bond or something like this." So we technically counted that, but I'm not going to include the trivia bits that is no. clearly based on or the O seven code because it's not even it's one zero zero seven or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then kisses. I mean, he barely lets her get close to him. He's turning away the whole time. Yeah. So how is this the second worst love scene in the history of movies? It's not a love scene. So, with that in mind, uh, after seven films, we've had 18,038 kills. Um, <laughs> we've had eight fucks, 11 drinks, and one, one Bond, James Bond. And it doesn't matter that Sean Connery kills nobody in this movie. He will always be on the top because of Zardoz. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Does Timothy Dalton commit genocide in the whatever the one we're doing with him, the devil and the, the dildo? I don't know what's it called. The devil and the dildo. <laughs> that was a movie I watched last night. Uh, ignore that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know whatever it's called. <laughs> Does Pierce uh, Brosnan commit butterfly genocide on the wheel? The but- like, I don't know. Maybe he does. Uh, I'll let you pick what our next segment is because you got the sound clip queued oh, up. Yeah, I don't even need to like uh, ask you because you can hear these. Yeah. So let's go with the It's the hole, the hole with the classic scene. I have to laugh here from uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Daniel Craig wakes up, yes or no? Uh, <laughs> funny. Uh, laser scene. Yeah, laser scenes in there. Laser. Uh, I would almost say laser scene practice for laser scene as well, but let's just go laser scene. Um, do we include the the meeting scene with her in bed? Uh, maybe. I the other one I'd say would be the Patronus Towers, like the whole um, I guess escape with the <gasps> just because it's always on everything, like mm. Patronus Towers escape. I I would also say the opening sequence is pretty good. The, the heist in the opening sequence. Yeah, but you, I don't know. I, just, we, we, I go we can't on iconic. Have three heists is Hall of Fame. But so. I, I, I just think Patronus Towers and maybe the, the, the tit scene. Or oh, the actual, it's called Blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, that's a good point. Do we include the that's entrapment scene in here? Well, that or the tits in the bed. What's your favorite? Well, I think the, the, the I think the bed scene should definitely be in here because it's also just a really good scene. Yeah, we'll go um, and okay, there we go. So, what's our our official Hall of Fame? First meeting with tits out. Uh- <laughs> Tits out for the boys. Uh, Laser scene, stealing the mask. Patronus Towers escape and first meeting with tits out, not Sean's. (laughs) There we go. Officially not Sean's. Does that work? Uh, Was that it for segments or do we have No, we've got one more, one more. show because he never knows what these segments sound like anymore basically. we haven't done one of these things in who knows how long uh like how long have we waited for since this no time did i um, so, what happens in six months well you know you haven't got anyone pregnant that i know of so i don't know <laughs> um, um so I, I assume we're just going to keep ranking these and like you know so out of seven that's what i've done yeah well well, I was going to say, let's let's do it differently. Let's rank just based on the round, and then we can kind of have like oh, a- That's complicated. Everything, a rankings episode of ranking all the no, films. No, just rank them. Up. Let's just keep ranking okay, them. Okay, fine. Go so along. all of our movies uh, from round one were Zardoz for Sean Connery, um, The Man from Hong Kong for Lazenby, mm-hmm. uh, The Man Who Haunted Himself for Moore, The Beautician and the Beast for Dalton, um, November Man for Pierce and Cowboys and Aliens. Now, Correct. Rem- it's a winner. I don't remember. Do you have what my rankings were I for the last round? I definitely do, Colin Holding. Okay. I'm going to guess at mine. I'm going to guess that my number one is the man from Hong Kong. Uh, Colin, that would be correct. Yes. Uh, my number two, the November Man. Correct. My, my number three... Uh, the beautician of the beast. Correct. Wow. My number four, the man who haunted himself. Correct. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, I got a 50, 50 shot here, but it's not 50, 50. Cause we know that what my last place one is. So then my number five would be cowboys and aliens. Correct. And Zardoz last. Correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do you want to run yours through first and then we'll both reveal or do you want me to give my ranking first? Uh, you give your ranking first, Colin. That would be a good thing to do. Okay. And I think my camera's out. Um, I'm but, not looking uh, at you anymore. It's, it's fine. I'm on a, a video screen. <laughs> so, All right. So I... Uh, take your clothes off. I'm, <laughs> I'll buy you an ice cream. I'm going to put this at... Oh, I've lost you. You gotta put this out. What? What's the? I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. Oh, I'm, there you're back. I'm, I'm back. I'm yeah. back. Uh, with the dogs. Without a space. Uh, <laughs> just uh, saw me look here with up on my face. I don't know the lyrics. Um, I really don't know why my camera's not working. I may have just died completely. But you're that ugly. All right. I'm putting this at third. Oh. I think I prefer the November Man. Um, over this slightly, and I definitely still love the man with Hong Kong. Oh, about Beautician and the Beast, boo. So, yeah, this will bump Beautician and the Beast, but Beautician and the Beast is uh, still at the halfway point. And, yeah, I don't know if anything's going to be worse than my bottom two because I do not like Cowboys and Aliens or Zardoz. Well, okay, so my six were Zardoz, bottom, Man Who Hoarded Himself, second bottom, Man from Hong Kong, third bottom, November Man, third Cowboys and Aliens 2 and Beautician and the Beast 1. Uh, I also am going to put this at third. Um, I think it's better than the November Man. Um, 
I think it's better than Man from Hong Kong. I think it's better than Man Who Wants Self. And I think my last bowel movement was better than Zardoz. But what can I say? I enjoy Cowboys and Aliens. I'm sorry. I no. did. Uh, and Beautician an the idiot. Beast is still number one. Uh, so <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the Beautician of the Beast is number one. Yes. I already forget what our next one is. I'm pretty sure it's Universal Soldier for it Lazenby. Is Universal Soldier with Lord, Lord Jason B. Um, featuring <laughs> Australia's number one feminist, Jermaine Greer, who all I know about her is that she will make the news every six months and talking about something to do with feminism. I didn't realize she acted, so I'm intrigued to see her in this. Um, I know nothing about it. I thought John claude Van Damme was in this, but... Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't that wasn't the Dennis Rodman one, was it? What was the Dennis Rodman one with that John was uh, double team, I think. Of course it was. Um yeah. No, I've I've I know absolutely nothing. This is the first film he did after on his on his on her well it is on his Majesty's Secret <laughs> Service now. Um so yeah, I do you know anything about this movie? No, uh other than that, I think this was the reason he turned down uh Diamonds Are Forever was because he was given the bad advice by that cult leader or whatever and <laughs> decided he'd do Universal Soldier instead. Uh, but I love looking at the poster right now. James Bond's George Lazenby is the Universal Soldier. This man's business is weapons! <laughs> I hope the entire movie they shout weapons every single time he's got one. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I'm excited at some level, but uh, I think... The good thing about round two is that I pretty much know nothing about any of these movies outside of Entrapment. I've heard of Layer Cake. I've just never seen it. Never heard of the Pierce one. Never heard of the Dalton one. Never heard of the Lazy Me one. Never heard of the Roger Moore one. So these are all movies that I literally have no clue going into any of them about. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm, I think we're going to have fun when we actually get to the box office of this one because there's a great quote here. Uh, Made a dollar fifty. Uh, <laughs> that might have been it because Lazenby uh, is not happy with his payout from it. Uh, uh, that's why he charges $10,000 now to make up for Universal Soldier. So we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite canceled James Bond. George Lazenby next week. Maybe by then we actually will know what he said to get canceled. Maybe. I have no clue. Maybe. But, I, but I think I think if my timing is correct and if I plan it, which I'm hoping to, which I'm like, Col- uh, Noah, I might actually do this, whether it's with you two or not, is that the next episode hopefully might be celebrating a certain movie's 20th anniversary. What movie Ugh. would that be, Ben? <laughs> now, I haven't done anything for this yet, but my plan is to possibly try and get somebody from the movie, like we got What's-His-Face on the show, uh, even if it's just like random guy three staring at the sun when Gustav Graves like lands in London. <laughs> I will try my best, but uh, even if I have to sit here for an hour myself playing this, I'm doing a 20th anniversary with or, with or without you two. Uh, with or without you, with you two song. That's funny, man. Um, good job. But um, are you available that day, Colin, or are you sick? I, I don't know. I'm really holding out for the 20th anniversary of the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, so... <laughs> We might have Who to isn't? come to a compromise. <laughs> this may come down to if Ben wants somebody on the episode with him that he has to barter. Uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, the episode happens, you, if no one are on, if Ben had anything decent you, to offer. You watch me. I'll fucking get Rosamund Pike 
And then you're like, oh. oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, nope, you've sat there for 120 odd episodes calling the movie <laughs> shit. You don't get to speak to Rosamund no, no, Pike. No. I am the only person who has ranked anything Die Another Day number one. If Rosamund Pike's on, I'm on that episode. If I Toby ever, Stevens is on, I'll be there. If I ever get like somebody like that on this show, I'm just going to embarrass the crap out of you on air. I'm like, these are the following clips of Colin's opinion of Die Another Day. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just going to play them to those actors. For the first time, the one only ever time I've ever played the bad stuff you've said about it. Um, I think that the good thing is the only person involved in Dying Day that liked the movie, I already interviewed on my own. <laughs> I didn't have to say my opinion on the movie. Because, well, your opinion on the What is your opinion on the movie, actually, Colin? I'm so in love with Dying Another Day. See, well, I mean, you're fine. You'll be good. So good for there you. We go. The only, you don't have time to dig through all the bad things I have to say. It wouldn't take long, though. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, before we get to Universal Soldier, which if it's anything like Entrapment, will be in 2028. Yep. Uh, but we we do have to talk about Die Another Day, and then uh, we haven't even decided where our next rankings will be. But we'll probably start <laughs> no, shuffling we'll. through these. And, uh, we we should run down what we're covering for everybody else. So Roger Moore, what did we have? Uh, the Sherlock Holmes in New York. Oh yeah, with Patrick M- McNee was in that too, right? Yes, Tibbet. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then for Dalton, we had the the devil and the dildo. Devil and the dildo. It's the devil and the something. <laughs> oh, man, I really wish that uh, we weren't calling this doing with Denzel. Well, we have to remember that for the, the Dalton. We have to call it the devil and yeah. the dildo. <laughs> Uh, Pierce Brosnan, there's so many great things. Well, I'm thinking like, oh, we must have picked the Taylor of Panama. We must have picked the Matador. No, we picked Butterfly on a Wheel or Shattered or whatever it's called. Um, Pierce Brosnan kidnapping Gerard Butler. That's all you need. It sounds like uh, it just sounds awesome what you explained. It. I it want to see Pierce movie. Brosnan as an evil person. That's the only reason why I'll say that. And then we'll do Black Adam maybe. Um, yeah, we can add that to the list pretty soon. We're getting very close to Black Adam. Uh, and oh, wait, Daniel Craig was definitely layer cake. So it that was. one I'm really excited about. It was that's, definitely layer cake. It was definitely layer cake. James Bond Jr., layer cake. Uh, so we'll have lots of fun, exciting episodes to come, but you're going to have to sit through Ben's 20th anniversary of Dino the Day before we get there. Um, uh, that is correct, because it is the 20th anniversary of this film. Happy 20th birthday. Noah and I are busy. We're going to be recapping the grannies of Bond themes with <laughs> Lulu and Shirley Bassey and maybe Shirley Ages. Manson too. I just... <laughs> Uh, we're saying we like them. How does it make us ageist? Noah didn't like Shirley Manson, the ageist. Oh, prick. Shirley Manson. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's Scottish. They're all, they all look like that. Exactly. Uh, so make sure you can drive, join our Patreon. We have now doubled in our subscribers on Patreon. You're missing all the great content where we rank the meatloaf songs. That'll be coming soon. Uh, but you can sign up on there. And one of these days, one of our patrons will actually get an autographed picture of a James Bond actor signed by one of us. Um, and maybe if they if they so choose at this point, we will autograph a picture of Sean Connery and Zardoz if they want. Um, there are no limits to what we will do for money. You just literally have to reply to the messages we keep sending you <laughs> saying you are eligible for this stuff because you are paying us. I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm getting paid to do nothing, I'm not complaining, but I also feel obligated that we need to provide them with what they're paying for. And it's not quality content, so they've got to get something from it. Somebody... Just sign up now, and then we will have tripled our subscribers, and we will give you a picture. We'll give you two mm. if you sign up now. The next, Captain the Zeta next person to sign up. If 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 you also can identify how many scenes in this movie Captain Zeta Jones is naked, we will give you two pictures. We're this is bartering, uh, and 
maybe Ben will even let you come on and talk about die another day. Um, who knows? I mean, you've got to got to be positive about it. I don't want any of this bullshit. <laughs> maybe I'll get Nicholas on and um, that guy yeah, who did the Nicholas. memes thing. You know, <laughs> Ben recruiting his troop, <laughs> and and we'll get um, thing I on Vlad on again. Um, Yo, all the people who love Die Another Day. Exactly. Come on. Like, we did a trilogy of Die Another Day episodes and we did the 20th anniversary of it. So, you know, <laughs> just saying. Uh, you keep saying we. Let's 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 not. And Rosamund Pike will be on the next episode with just <laughs> Ben because, as we just heard Colin say, he doesn't want to be involved. Oh, I'll be doing Denzel that day. I'll be okay. Um, yeah, subscribe to us, follow us, pay us. Um, and do and- us and do us we're not Colin my my name is Colin and have you ever bought a woman's dress it's for the podcast and my name is Ben and and Oh, it's you! <laughs> Where's my painting? I want my painting. This is entrapment. What? I said this is called entrapment. No, actually it's called blackmail. Well, that's original. So you get in here at 7 in the morning, you work until 10, you have lunch in the park by yourself, you don't have any friends at the office. I have been paying attention. I'm worried about you. Maybe I like being alone. Maybe I'm getting over something. Well, they say that nothing gets you over the last one like the next one. Rule number one, never carry a gun. You carry a gun, you might be tempted to use it. What are you doing here? I'm going to ask you some questions, and if I don't like your answers, you're going out the window. Why are you following me? I've got a proposition for you. How do I know that you're not a cop? I, I don't know. You're just going to have to trust me. Rule number two, never trust a naked woman. A woman? Ah, good morning. Want to tell me why my Jaguar looks like you drove it off a fucking cliff? Tip it off. I'm awfully sorry. You owe me 140 G's. Well, how about a 40 million dollar Chinese mask instead? The turbo charge with a six CD changer? Well, let's take it out. Back. There you go. There. Yeah. Straight back. Now keep it taut. Taut. Yeah. <gasps> what the hell is this? Ion thermal camera. What you asked for? I specifically said no liquid plasma screen. Well, that was specifically all I could get. Well, how am I supposed to do this without the right tools? Come on, give me a break, man. What do you think this is? You give me a list, I go to Kmart and get this shit? Don't tell me it's worth a hundred million. It's not. You're right, it's not. It's worth over a billion. One billion gajillion fifillion shabadoo-loo-li-million yeah. It's all over. I gave them green, the Rembrandt, the mask, and the full seven billion. What do you mean, seven? So you just have to make do with one. Now this is where we play truth or dare. What? Hello, do you want to play a game? You're ten seconds early. Why are the Americans always in such a hurry? Give me the spot. What? The wrench! You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh! oh. I don't want to hold the record alone. No? I need your help on another job. What? The crown jewels or something? No, come on, too easy. And you? 